I remember just feeling so liberated and free because I came to that realization and I and I just kept saying to myself in that walk, like, I don't have to protect myself from anything. I don't have to defend myself from anything. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. I'm going to take a moment here to speak to the Lifestylist Podcast listener who's committed to their health, longevity, and vitality, but doesn't necessarily want to spend the whole day popping pills and spending tons of cash on supplements. I'm going to do you a solid right now and introduce you to Athletic Greens. You can find Athletic Greens by going to athleticgreens.com slash lifestylist. Here's why you might want to do that. With so many stressors in life, it's actually really difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive due to our busy schedules, poor sleep, too much exercise, too much stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods or eating too many of the bad foods. This is why I love Athletic Greens and why I think they can truly help every listener hearing my voice right now. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit you can add to your health routine today and empower you to take ownership of your health. So you can save money, you can save time, and actually drink something that tastes delicious and has over 75 vitamins, mineral, and whole food sourced ingredients, including multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and of course, support your immune system. I had one of these drinks moments ago as a refresher, no pun intended, to remind me why I love it. And it is really good stuff. It's also very convenient. That's one thing I find difficult about the whole act of juicing and extracting these incredible nutrients from the plant world. It's kind of a pain in the ass. It can be expensive, messy, and uh, very laborious to say the least. Now, if you take the other route and you go to the juice store, hey, give me a great green juice. Some of those are amazing, but they're also 15 bucks. You know what I mean? At least where I'm from, they are. Uh, So I'm a huge fan of Athletic Greens. They make a great product. Uh, They're actually on their 53rd iteration uh, of this particular green powder. And uh, it's taken them a decade to perfect it. And it's really quite incredible. And I'm so glad that I'm able to share it with you. Now, if you're ready to check it out, and I hope you are, here's what you do. It's super simple. Go to athleticgreens.com slash lifestylist. That's athleticgreens.com slash lifestylist. If you do that now, you're going to get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs of Athletic Greens. So again, the link is athleticgreens.com slash lifestylist. One of the coolest things to emerge in the alternative health or biohacking scene is red light therapy. And the company that I like for my red light therapy is called Juve, J-O-O-V-V. And of course, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you've heard me talk about Juve and red light therapy in general tons. 
What I'd like to tell you about today is Juve's new Generation 3.0 devices. They've got some really cool features. So not only do they have the red light therapy and the frequencies that you need to do what they do like they've always done, they've got a new feature called Ambient Mode, which uses a lower intensity light to support your sleep and circadian rhythm. So you can turn on Ambient Mode in your home, wherever you have these lights set up, and they're going to help minimize, if not completely nullify, any blue light leaking out in your environment and signal your brain and body that it's time to start getting ready for sleep. So that's a really cool feature. They've also got a new one called Recovery Plus Mode, which uses a pulsed near-infrared light technology to give your cells an extra healing boost that optimizes the recovery process. So these guys are the pioneers in red light therapy, the ones I've always used and will continue to use for healthy skin, performance and recovery, sleep optimization, and also mitochondrial health and hormone regulation. It's one of the big benefits that I've noticed is the upgrade to my hormones. I think if I had to nail down one particular benefit that I've gotten from the Juve Red Light Therapy, it would be that. And uh, at the time of this recording, I'm 50 years old, so I need all the help I can get when it comes to regulating and producing testosterone, etc. And there are tons and tons of scientific studies to support the fact that uh, the correct kind of red light therapy can have a profound impact on your hormones, especially testosterone production. And ladies... Don't think you don't need that because women need balanced testosterone also. So anywho, if you're going to check out the new Juves, I've got some exciting news for you. You're going to go to juve.com slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V dot com slash Luke and use the code Luke to receive an exclusive discount on their new generation 3.0 devices. So that's juve.com slash Luke. This episode is presented to you by Popular Demand. You know, after uh, having Joe Dispenza on the podcast last year and then attending his retreat shortly after, so many people have written in or commented on social media wanting a field report based on the experience at his advanced week-long retreat. So that is, in fact, my friends, what I have delivered here alongside my faithful partner, Allison Charles. So this is a very special show Uh, with the two of us, wherein we present a play-by-play account of our recent week-long Joe Dispenza advanced retreat in Marco Island, Florida, where we were joined by my dad, Alan, which was hilarious in and of itself. (laughs) My dad is such a trooper. It happened to be two doors down from his condo down there. And uh, so I got him to go. He loves Joe's meditations, but man, it was uh, was wild seeing him experience the, uh, the mystical realms that we were all entering into. I was so floored by last year's Dr. Joe retreat in Indian Wells, California, that when I found out about the Marco Island event, I immediately booked tickets and talked Allison into going with me. And it was such an incredibly powerful experience. And even a couple weeks later, I'm still feeling quite reborn, to say the least. Now, I had not attended a Dr. Joe retreat at the time I interviewed him on episode 259, which, by the way, you can find a link to in the show notes here. So it was such a treat to be able to have integrated his interview for the second time in a full immersion like this one. So if you've ever been curious to learn more about Dr. Joe's work from the student's perspective, I think you'll derive a ton of value from this exploration. Now, if you're not familiar with Dispenza's work, fret not, as Alice and I create a very inclusive frame of reference from which to translate these teachings to all who listen. Before we begin, I also want to clarify that I or we do not claim to be teachers of Joe's work or guarantee the accuracy of our interpretations of his work. What you're about to listen to is simply a firsthand share of each of our subjective experiences at the retreat. 
And no matter what walk of life you're on, I highly recommend attending one of Dr. Joe's events should you be presented with an opportunity. He's truly a master at bridging hard science and esoteric practices for personal transformation. What you are about to participate in is the real-time transformation of a couple in love on the path to awakening. Enjoy the ride. So I'm sitting here <laughs> with my lovely fiance, Allison Charles. And, Hello. Uh, hey, Allison. Hello, Luke. Hi, sweetie. It's so funny. We're sitting here in our uh, condo in my dad's building in Marco Island, or I guess on Marco Island mm-hmm. in Florida. And we just spent the afternoon with Mr. Joe Dispenza, a former guest on this podcast. It was episode 200 something. I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, man, we have had a whirlwind <laughs> of a holiday season. We've been on the higher power couple world tour. <laughs> we certainly have. I don't know that I've ever had a period in my life uh, that has matched this one in its uh, duration of travel, intensity of travel, and experiences. So in the interest of time, because we hope to do many of these excerpts uh, detailing as best we can our experience in this Joe Dispenza retreat going to back up a little bit uh, to maybe, what was it, two months ago or so? Uh, Maybe a touch longer because we were in Sedona for almost two months. Got it. Okay. So (laughs) Allison and I decided through a lot of intuition uh, and just inner work and communication with one another that we did in fact want to leave Los Angeles. And those of you that have been listening to the show for a while know that I've been wanting to uh, make the great escape for some time. And with the Uh, onslaught of communism that's come on the heels of the COVID scandemic and all of that, uh, it's definitely become apparently clear that uh, we both want to live somewhere with a bit more freedom. And uh, so we set out on that mission and we went to Sedona (laughs) thinking it was the most logical step. She's laughing because it ended up being a really funny trip. Um, you know, fairly close to Los Angeles, close to Colorado, close to Utah. Beautiful nature. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much more special nature-wise. Creeks, it's a desert, but there's water. It's known for its spirituality. Yes. So we took the dog, uh, Cookie, and the cat, Jelly Bean, and barely enough room in the SUV to drive us and all our shit out <laughs> there. And we stayed in a funky little Airbnb in, um, what was that neighborhood called? Something Creek. Yeah. Oak Creek. Uh, yeah. Village at Oak Creek. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was cool. We were out in the middle of nowhere. There were a lot of javelinas in the yard, you know, deer running about, uh, very nature. The house though, I got to say was pretty janky. <laughs> um, it was a funky little house. And so while I was there personally, I had these, uh, some kind of health issue going on. I was having these dizzy spells and felt extremely uncomfortable. Uh, then we moved to West Sedona into a nicer Airbnb, still Nothing to write home about, you know, if you're coming from a place of privilege. <laughs> That's a nice house. If it wasn't like the house I would choose to build or stay For in. me, it was less about the houses. It was just my internal experience, you know, it was the energetics and the emotions that I was hitting up against and really wanting to like it there because I could tell that at that point in the trip, you were, you were enjoying it and I was just not. 
And so it was just a really funky navigation time for me with the inner things. I, so I was less focused on the house. I mean, the Wi-Fi was really tough. I was in the middle of launching my online course. So oh that my was God, that's right. At the first house, our Wi-Fi was... Slower than dial-up. It, yeah, it was, it was like legit 1996 dial-up when you took your phone line. And plug that into your computer. Yeah, was, you could wait for 10 minutes to get a picture to pop up on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> so recording podcasts, were, all the podcasts were canceled. We ended up doing some podcasts and they would have already uh, come out at the time of this recording, but I did uh, Dr. Jim Hart at BioCybernaut, uh, Anahata, Drew Canoli. Got some really good shows there. You did. Uh, yeah, Yuri, who did, guided me in the hypnosis where I healed that 5,000-year-old ancient ancient Egyptian past life and also Anahata and also Drew. Yeah. So Allison's podcast, which might be out by the time this one comes out, is called Ceremony Circle. For those uh, curious about that, it's pretty incredible. I hope to weasel my way in as a guest one of these days. <laughs> uh, but anyway, long story short, y'all, is that uh, Sedona, as beautiful and special as it is, and as, as many great friends as we made there, uh, did not feel like home to either of us after a good month and a half, almost two months. So we went back to LA for a short stint there, just kind of get our ducks in a row, and then immediately flew to Austin, Texas, where, of course, uh, so many podcasters and people in our space are moving. And really, frankly, so many of my friends from LA have already moved there or in the process of that. Uh, it was never you know, on my radar to move there. I visited for three paleo FX trips for work and you know, met some great people. Went swimming in the creeks, did the Texas thing, but I never thought, oh, this is going to be my destination. But as the, um, you know, the, the cuffs have tightened with all of the COVID craziness, uh, we're really looking for somewhere that has a bit more freedom, a bit more space, uh, somewhere that honors the Second Amendment and um, things like that. And so... For me, it's like warm weather and epic, inspiring soul fam. Yeah. You're yeah. more that other stuff. Yeah. I'm more like, how many places can I go into without a germ-laden, disgusting diaper on my face, humiliating <laughs> myself uh, as a slave of the new world order? So, you know, but really, I mean, we just, the minute we were landed in Austin, we just felt so at home. We saw so many friends. I got to, you know, hang out with Kyle Kingsbury and Aubrey Marcus and... Oh man, I mean, just, you know, all the folks out there are just amazing. I'm probably leaving out, oh, Christine Hassler and Stefano. We recorded Todd and Cole. We Preston, recorded his wife, Alexi. Preston Smiles. Yeah, we recorded a bunch of podcasts, just hung out with just amazing, inspiring, beautiful, smart, freedom oriented people. And so. Well, yeah, I mean, it was interesting for me. The very first thing I noticed was the complete opposite feeling energetic wise. So in Sedona, it was, I was just getting bashed around energetically, um, very vata, very just air getting hit. And then here before the plane even landed, I felt so calm and grounded. That was my first cue. And then Corona Dawn, uh, messaged me. She's an incredible woman and welcomed me to Austin. She saw that we had gotten here. And then there was just a succession of people saying, Hey, I see you're in town. It was just like epic person after epic person being so warm and welcoming, which just felt really great. Yeah. Same here. I mean, immediately I slept like a baby. I don't know if it's the limestone, everything's just solid there, but I just felt so calm so happy, but also focused and productive. Mm -hmm. uh, punctuate my portion of the trip with uh, uh, sharing in a ceremony with with Aubrey that 
we let me look at the calendar here. We would have covered that last week on 326 on the 19th. So for those of you that heard that, I'm not going to repeat that long and incredible story, uh, which that episode is really just kind of a um, integration of a 5-MEO DMT uh, experience, <laughs> to say the least. So I'm not going to go into that here, but it definitely made a huge, huge impact on that trip for me. And um, I got so many clear, so much clarity and so many downloads and just firmly uh, secure things for me in, in some very meaningful ways, not only for moving there, but uh, just life in general. So in the course of the two weeks we're there, you know, I had this really transformative experience uh, with Aubrey and then we started looking at houses right away. And I think we looked at four different houses. Shout out to our agent, Johnny. What's Whoa. up, Johnny? Yeah. Most amazing guy. Just like everyone. My my ads guy, Sky, is out there, you know, that, that uh, pulls together the promos for this podcast. So many great people. Anyway, we looked at some houses and it was like a couple we liked, you know, a couple not so much. We found one on January 30th that we both liked. You know, maybe needs a little bit of work cosmetically. Nothing, you know, huge. It's not a piece of crap, but it it wasn't like, oh, this is the perfect house for us. Everything's redone. It's brand new. But the, it was really speaking to us. It was. Well, I had been stocking it on Zillow for a few months and then it went away and it got under contract. And I thought, ah, shit, another one. I'd get all pissed every time that would happen. Yeah. Allison would keep telling me like, just be patient. We're, trust God. Yeah, trust God. Our house is out there. I'm like, God schmod. <laughs> Zillow is, is killing me here. <laughs> But anyway, it came back on the market. It, and um, so we went and looked at it and, and we both got a really good feeling, went home, opened my email, got an email from our, uh, the owner of the house that we lease in Los Angeles, giving us 30 days notice to hmm. get out. Totally unexpected. Yeah. Like who, when does that happen? You know, and um, it wasn't because we were bad tenants. It's because she has having work done on her primary residence and needs to move into her our rental property, which we live in. So, you know, it's all fair and all good, but it was like, huh, that's interesting. We just found the first house we like that's within our, our means. And, um, and now we're homeless in LA. <laughs> so the next day on the 31st of, of uh, December, 2020, for those of you listening to this in the future someday, um, which was also incidentally the exact year anniversary of my first date with this gorgeous woman. Yes, we had a special New Year's Eve Kundalini celebration. Indeed, we did. And so one you gave me the fir the first time our lips ever touched was that night. This was true. <laughs> what did I What did I say to you? I said, "Let you, me give you a birthday kiss." You no, know, it wasn't birthday. You said, "Can I give you the first kiss of?" God, the new year. Women are incredible. You remember everything. <laughs> like I remember kind of the events, but very rarely the details around them. So yeah, that was first kiss, first date. Uh, and then the next day uh, was, um, you know, is Allison's birthday. I'm a little Capricorn girl here. So anyway, the 30th, we look at this house. We like it. We get evicted. The next morning, we're like, you know what? Actually, we showed it. We were, I was recording with Preston Smiles and we were texting our friends and I was like, dude, look at this house. And he had been looking at houses and, and had moved to Austin. So he was kind of familiar with the market. Well, I think, but the very first thing that I think is very key to this, and it's just a short tip, is that morning I said to you, we know how hot the market is in Austin. We're very aware of that. And we're aware of like the houses just flying and just going. And so before you got into your recordings that day, because I knew it was going to be full on, I said, I think it's really important that you and I set the intention together as a couple and with our own souls to provide us crystal clear clarity as to whether or not we need to put in an offer on this house. So we set that intention in the morning. 
Right. Then, and and before that, we had written our vision. Yeah, it was on the altar. Yeah, and we were praying on it and really, you know, putting it into the field, so to speak. In a surrendered way, yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, doing putting in the footwork and staying out of the results, I guess you could say. But anyway, Preston comes over to record and we're like, hey, check this out. Did we, had we already put an offer or we were, no, no we, we, were, th- we, yeah, were, we were going to. We were really close because we were, we, we were feeling that itch to do it. Yeah. Yet we had heard that right after the New Year, tons more were going to come on the market. Right. So we were a little seesaw and yeah. then Preston walked in. Yeah, because the we, <laughs> well, so we thought it was the worst time ever to look for houses in Austin because it was Christmas. People don't want, you know, germy COVID people in, in their homes while their families there, blah, blah. Uh, so yeah, we were thinking, oh man, we don't know if we want to do it because better ones could come up. Preston walks in. We're like, what do you think of this house? He's like, dude, dope, do it, do it. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right. So he leaves. Anyway, we make an offer. Someone put in a second offer and we're like, we want this house. And we we wrote the, uh, to, to the su- suggestion of our realtor, Johnny, we wrote the owner's uh, the current owners, a nice letter and send them a photo and just who we are, what we want to do with the home, what we're all about and, uh, and made a little bit higher offer. And, um, and then that day on the 31st, uh, Johnny calls us and is like, this is like within hours. Okay. You guys got the house, boom, sign the papers, do the things. And so, uh, anyway, this really is about, you know, the Joe Dispenza retreat this week, but I had to catch you guys up with what's going on here. It's really exciting. And, um, you know, first time I've ever been in the position to buy a home in my life. I'm 50 and uh, Allison's owned a property before I have not. And uh, it's just incredibly exciting. And I and or we will do another show about the move and what made us decide that particular spot in greater detail and how we're going to deal with, you know, at least me uh, being more concerned about these things, you know, biohacking the house as we move in and do some remodeling and water filters, drinking water, EMFs, blue light. Like I'm going to definitely be doing a deep dive on that and sharing anything that I uh, come across with the audience. But uh, that brings us here to, <laughs> we flew from Austin, but the day, the, the day. January 2nd. So the day yeah. after my birthday, the day after New Year's, we got on a plane to come here. Yeah. Flew to uh, Fort Lauderdale, which by the way, if anyone here has anything to do with the management of the Fort Lauderdale airport, <laughs> I we highly recommend highly recommend that you update <laughs> things there. Uh, no, it was, it was literally a nightmare. I was freaking out. I was losing my shit. The line I for, can the, vouch for that. The line for the rental car was legit an hour and a half. It was like waiting on like, you know, a reunion of the dead Beatles coming back to life or something. It was, it was insane. Anyway, got through it. I made it out here to Marco Island and uh, incidentally talk about fate, you know, like getting evicted, getting our offer approved Um, by contrast, by the way, in Austin, a friend of Allison's has been there for five or six months looking at tons of houses. She's made 13 offers and not gotten any of the homes has been outbid. So it's it's a very hot market, kind of difficult to actually uh, get a place there at the moment because it's so competitive. Anyway, so months ago, we got tickets to the Joe Dispenza week-long retreat. Yeah, a long time ago. And um, it just so happens, it is three doors down from my dad's condo where he and his wife uh, come every winter. And so it's winter now. They're here. It's right on the beach. It's gorgeous. And the Marriott is a couple doors down and that's where Joe Dispenza is. So my dad who loves Joe Dispenza's work, does his meditations all the time. He's just, he's all in. Dad's like me. He's just all in with the shit. Hmm. 
Um, you know, he's got his house biohacked up there too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got, you know, it's got all the water filters and, you know, all the things. Anyway, so we get Atlas and I are hanging out with Pops with Alan's story and we're doing the Joe Dispenza thing. And that brings us to really what this is, is the first uh, installment of what we hope we can do every day, if not every couple of days, kind of give people a play by play. Tonight was really just the introduction where Joe lays out what we're going to be doing this week. This is my second retreat. Uh, the last one was uh, last year in Indian Wells, which is uh, near Palm Springs, California, and at my former home state, and are soon to be former by the time this comes out. And so Joe just kind of lays out what you're going to do, the breathing exercises, how the meditations work, and just kind of prepares everyone to put in some work and, and, and creates the model for his body of work, really, which some of you are familiar with. Again, I have interviewed him uh, to get a better breakdown. But my experience tonight was just like, wow, after doing the DMT ceremony, in, and it really was a ceremony. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a party, trust me. Um, but you could hear about that last week. But really what's happening there is you are merging with singularity, unicity, the unified field. Uh, God as unmanifest. And that is, in my uh, interpretation, the core of Joe Dispenza's work is teaching you how, without plant medicines and without anything outside of yourself, to access that field and really learn how to work with the wave before it comes particle. In other words, rather than trying to affect matter with matter, you're going to the pre-matter substrate and working with that through the different techniques. So, for the past week and a half since I did that ceremony, I've had the deepest meditations of my life, hands down, uh, listening to uh, primarily Joe Dispenza's, you know, like hour long, hour plus meditations every morning. And then I go even longer on some days. So I've been really tuning into his work and tuning into the quantum field. Uh, and so going in there tonight, I was just like, oh yeah, this is how you start a year. And I'm just, I'm really excited to now, you know, that that channel is even more open within me to really, um, you know, work those muscles, literally quite literally the muscles of the chakra system. And as he calls them energy centers and really just, um, continue my practice of doing the breath work and the meditation. And so not a lot happened tonight. More will happen tomorrow. We have to be there at 6am, the ungodly hour. Uh, and that's my report. What was it like for you tonight, Allison? It was really lovely. Um, and how are we doing on time? Well, you know, I've got Jake Steiner here on a Zoom in uh, in a couple actually a couple minutes ago. Yeah. So I should probably um, get on that. But just you know, give us a brief summary of what your uh, brief summary is. I can already feel the incredibly powerful container. I love to witness even in the days leading up to a retreat like this, uh, you know, cause these energies start to work with you before you actually land, you know, on day one. So, uh, but yeah, the breathing, just even doing the, <laughs> let's get oriented, uh, with the breath provided me a really powerful journey. So I am excited to see where all this is going. Awesome. Cool. Well, with that, I'm going to hop on with Jake Steiner here and learn how to, uh, train my eyes to not be myop, myopic, myopic, myopic. <laughs> whatever it is, to not need glasses anymore. So wish me luck, guys. I'll report a course on that later in uh, the immersive journalism uh, style reporting that I enjoy. So thanks so much. Uh, Be back with another segment tomorrow.
Okay, you guys. So here we are after a long day at the Joe Dispenza retreat. This would be day two and uh, really the official day. You know, as we said in the prior recording, last night was really just the introduction, the initiation, and the uh, preparing of the launch pad for what was to follow. So this morning, we woke up at the ungodly hour of uh, 5 a.m. to arrive down the beach a ways at 6 a.m. And one thing I have to say before I forget is that having been waking up earlier to watch the sunrises on our recent trip to Austin and even somewhat in Sedona, uh, I have to say that my meditations when I get up early like that are much deeper than if I sleep until 8, 8.30 and get around to meditating at 9, 9.30, which I sometimes do meaning all the time back home in, in <laughs> Los Angeles. You corrected yourself. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I always have her to check me. When we're recording together, I'm not going to get away with flubbing at all. No. But uh, yeah, I'm going into these deep meditations. So we go in today and today we really got into the work and I was reminded how really this retreat, it, it's almost, I have not done a Vipassana retreat, but I have done uh, you know, a 21 day silent retreat in India many years ago. And this reminds me of that type of retreat. Why? Because you're spending so many hours of the day in meditation. Yeah, I was going to ask you because I try to have my phone off and, you know, he really advocates for this timelessness essence uh, for the week. I'm not really keeping track today. How many hours do you think we were in a journey or meditation? Well, each meditation we did of the three, I mean, of course, when you're in it, you're in the space of no time, which is the whole point. But uh, I would say they were at least an hour, if not an hour and a half each. I was feeling like they were probably at least 90 minutes each, but it's I, quite possible. I'm not sure. Or maybe even longer. That last one, the third one today, I swear that was like two hours. That was the only one to, uh, towards the end. I was, I was just like, okay, I'm good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it took me a minute to, to settle into the last one, but I also had a huge coffee at lunch and I remember last time at the Indian Wells, I was always in this battle because I just love the taste of coffee and they have these huge, you know, urns of it during the breaks and stuff. But like, I was like, oh, I'm going to ruin the meditation. But then I thought it's, if that was the case, he would say, hey, you guys, if you really want to go deep in these meditations, like I would avoid caffeine. He never mentions that. And I know he loves espresso. He loves all things Italian, uh, wine and, you know, pasta and all that. He always talks about it. But uh, when I had the afternoon coffee and then we went back in for the last meditation of the day, it took me a little longer to settle into it. Mm. Uh, but what I'm noticing is, you know, I, I'm reluctant to keep going back to this, but it's just the fact and I just, I just have to state it plainly. Uh, after the DMT experience in Austin recently, which would have been about two and a half weeks ago. You're a new DMT ambassador. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a thing. I've been meditating for over 20 years and I know my routine. I know the depth with which I usually uh, meditate and uh, where I go and don't go and what happens within my body, mind, and spirit. And something in that experience activated access to a deeper uh, level of meditation. And it's so in alignment with Joe's teaching. So today, one of the things we went over, which is really I would say at the core or the foundation rather of his model, which is essentially what you're doing in these retreats is really just learning the model of consciousness and then 
join the practices, the breathing techniques and meditations, et cetera, uh, so that you're actually applying what you learn. But today he went over the, uh, not the levels of consciousness. I don't know if that's the right word. I don't even remember what he called this, but essentially the different states you can be when you are not fully you know, in your mind, personality, ego, et cetera. So there's that first level, which I refer to as the void because it's kind of, there's nothing there. And that's when you're nobody, no one, no thing, nowhere, no time. And in that place, which I, I land in in meditation and different experiences fairly often, at least for a few minutes, there's still a witness present. There's still a me going, wow, gosh, my mind's really quiet right now. Oop, there goes a thought. There's, there's someone there who's experiencing that void. Then on the higher, faster frequency of experience, which is the place of allness, singularity, oneness, source, unicity. Wholeness, pure love. Yeah, just absolute the Godhead. Uh, which is what I experienced a couple of weeks ago in Austin, that's when you're at the everybody, everyone, everything, everywhere, every time. It's an allness with no abstraction of a single point of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting today in passing through those stages of the nobody, nowhere, it's kind of a void, but there's still a me going, wow, this is nice and peaceful. Right. But then there were breakthrough moments there where I wasn't there experiencing it, which I've never been able to achieve in any meditation for any period of time Mm -hmm. as I did today. And also it was a really interesting experience in my body because there was just this energy field radiating in and of the body. Yet I couldn't tell you if my hand was still there or my knee was still there. It's like, I was just made of light is, is the only way I could describe it. And would just go into this vast expanse of consciousness. It was just incredible. And to be able to do that repeatedly in one day, I mean, that would have been, if I had today's meditations over the span of a year mm-hmm. prior, like three really deep ones like that, I, I mean, it would, I would have been winning. But to have it in one day. So I'm, I'm walking away, albeit a bit fatigued uh, mentally and otherwise, from just putting in some work like that. Um, but I have to say, I'm, I'm really excited for the rest of the trip and obviously to be there with you, you know, and because there's one good thing about this social distancing stuff is they have all the chairs really far apart. And I have a hard time with that normally, like in conferences and, you know, retreats and stuff, like people are cramping my style and you got to step over people to go to the bathroom, but they have us all spaced out. But because you and I are together and love sharing uh, germs and viruses with each other, uh, we just get to sit and cuddle with our arms around each other and just have a beautiful time. And then my dad's right there, yeah, you know, and my sweet. dad's like in his seventies and he's there in the meditations and he's giving it his all. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I just have so much love for both of you. And it's just so amazing having a partner like you that even though this isn't typically kind of your lane in terms of. It is though. I mean, well, we were talking on the way over here and you're like, yeah, thank you for, you know, urging us to come because you didn't know if you would have put in the time, effort and money to come to this particular thing. So I'm celebrating in gratitude that we both like to sort of traverse in each other's lanes a bit, not to say that this isn't yours, but there's things that you're into. You know, you invited me 
uh, or encouraged me to go sit with peyote and we had an experience together. Right. And, um, you know, that would have been more kind of something that you had right. legs yeah, with. That's you what know? I was saying earlier that my I- ideal vision for a sacred partner was, yes, yeah, sitting in a teepee together, sharing medicine space and really deep, you know, shamanic ceremony space. And, and that manifested like right out of the gate when you and I started dating. And then, yeah, I think for you, this is more one of those ideal visions is is having your partner at a Joe Dispenza advanced retreat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because back in the times when I would do things like this single and I would see a couple, I'd be like, oh man, that must be so cool to be able to share that experience and and also just have uh, a similar framework. It's like, of course you want to have your individuality, but it's nice to share a framework or a teaching and practices so that you just can relate on that level because this is the way that he lays out, you know, how he maps consciousness and traverses these things is just so in alignment with what works for me. And so for me to just be able to share that with you and when I talk about it in the future, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because you experienced it. And just to be in that space together is really beautiful. Yeah, I guess what I meant when I said, you know, well, it is when we're talking about if this is my lane or lane of interest or whatever, however you put that, um, his work does really speak to me. And I was shocked, you know, a long time ago, many, many months ago, when I started to dip into his guided things that, you know, you can just play from your phone or computer uh, I was really shocked at how similar my work is to his. Do you remember how yeah, the yeah. first time we did it together and we came out of it? And because I guided a lot of shamanic journeys into the void, and I, I was just so intrigued and enthralled. And I thought, wow, you know, is is Joe Dispenza a shaman? Like, what's going on here? You know, because it's it does feel very shamanic. So right out of the gate, you know, his his style his method of delivery, his energy that he embodies, just his being resonated with me very strongly. So I've always felt a a connection to what he does. And so to be here experiencing him in person, he's hilarious. And I really dig him. I think he's epic. I'm I'm like officially a Dr. Joe Dispenza fan, you know? I am too. I am too. Maybe maybe one of these days we can get him back on the show and we could both interview him. Yeah, he needs to come on Ceremony Circle. <laughs> right. That would be amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, little guided. Yeah, because he really, he, you know, he has the neuroscience. I think that's what's really great about his work is that he's got the science, right, of everything that's happening biologically and energetically within the human system. But then the practices are deeply spiritual. And I even asked him, you know, I said, I think I was like, I wasn't giving him shit, but I said, yeah, well, you know, when I started finding your breathing exercises, I realized I've been doing this for years in Kundalini yoga. And he wasn't put off by that. He's like, well, duh. Kind of like, he goes, yeah, I mean, these practices, I didn't invent these practices. I just found, you know, I quantified them scientifically with data and research. So I think that's one of the things that helps me to buy into this is that, he shows you the brain scans. This is when you go into alpha, then into theta, and then in some cases, even high gamma, which there's not a lot of things in the world that'll take you there. Whereas when I'm doing Kundalini yoga, it's like some old transcript of Yogi Bhajan mm-hmm. talking about this increase your magnetic field, you know? And it's like, how does he know that? Like, really? 
turns out most of those things are actually really true and valid because mm-hmm. Joe does the research. So it's like that that type of practice and teaching that uh, appeals to the left and right hemisphere to simplify it, right? The analytical mind gets to like dig into some stuff and really go, well, why am I doing this shit? And the spiritual creative side in me just goes, oh, this just feels good. I'm feeling into this. So, Yeah, I really love the container he creates, the space he holds, and he's just super dialed in, tapped in. He's just got a great vibe going on. And the one last thing that I wanted to share um, that I really appreciated was of the three journeys, meditations, whatever we want to call them that we did today, they're all so different you know, every single one was drastically different. And the first one was so beautiful. Um, The main intention I had coming in is just all about money because, um, you know, I've gotten pretty darn good at it over the years. You know, I've had to put in work though. It's not like I was born into a ton of wealth. Like I've had to figure things out and release like ancestral and lineage, like, you know, lack mentality, scarcity, things like that. Um, and just also wasn't really taught at a young age, like how to invest in things. So, uh, you know, the financial and, and wealth piece is, is one that I've had to put some concerted effort in, but I've made really strong strides, uh, in the, especially in the last like five, six, seven years. However, I've never been at a place in my life until now where I'm not working on like eight other things within myself. You know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, healing this, healing that, facing this, shadow working this, then celibacy, and then trying to call in my sacred divine partner and all these things, all these things. Nailed it. Boom. Uh, yeah, I got that one. Well, I, I mean, well, I've got a lot of them and and that's why I'm now at this place where I had this huge epiphany, you know, my birthday's on New Year's Day. And so leading up, I was just kind of feeling into, you know, intentions and whatnot. And I thought, oh my gosh, I am feeling so solid and embodied and you and I are together and we just got the new house and all those pieces are so grounded and stable and strong. I was so excited when I realized I can put total focus into creating divine wealth you know, really beautiful, conscious money lines. And so I set that intention before this. And so in the first uh, guided journey this morning, it was so cool. I We were pretty deep in it, you know, many, many minutes in. And all of a sudden I was like floating in some voided state and I heard source speak to me and I'll, I'll, they just said one word. They just said money. And then about one minute later, that's when Joe said, what frequency are you calling in? <laughs> you know, right? You're good. That's pretty good. I always try to imitate him, and I then I can't remember what he does. Yeah, um, all I remember is when he at the end of something goes in space. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I love his cadence. But so yeah, I thought, oh, cool. You know, I was just like a little bit tracking a little bit ahead. Um, and once he then reiterated what frequency you're calling in, the, the money started to reveal itself to me as, as a living entity, a living creature, a living being. And it was so profound for me to connect with money in this whole other level, another way. You know, it was um, thick and rich, um, energetic, snaky-like 
living, moving beings. And they were rich, deep, dark purple and black, but mixed within those two colors were, are, were like these sparkly, cosmic-y codes and, and, and sparkles going on. And these snaky, thick <laughs> money energies. You sure you didn't take ayahuasca? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's what it sounds like. Um, no, and they just like entered in through my crown and filled my whole body so I could become embodied with it. And I was asking money, you know, questions and the the cool thing. And then and then I'm done and I'm wrap this up. But the really neat differentiating point is that wasn't just plain money energy. It was revealed to me upon talking to it. It's divine money. So it's the money that you know, when you have really put in the work to understand your value and your worth, or you want to, you're on the path of putting in that work and you've gotten to a place where you really trust yourself. Like, what are you going to do with this wealth? Okay. So you want to call in all this financial abundance. Well, do you trust yourself how you're going to, you spend that money? Do you trust that you're going to use it to make the world a better place? That it's going to uh, be, you know, have reciprocity and, and, uh, in a really conscious way. And, I've definitely been at that place for a long time. And so, you know, this this particular kind of living, being, breathing entity um, that, that was money-based was of that essence and nature. So I know there's a lot more for me to explore with that and, and share. I, I already shared a little bit about it on my Instagram and people are really interested. They're like, oh, this speaks to me. Like, go deeper with it and tell us more. So I'm excited to do that. That's so wild that you had that experience today because a, a few months ago when I was in a, a ceremony back in LA, I think I, I think I shared this part, but that particular <laughs> journey, it was a psilocybin journey um, with the group. And wait, did I say it? it wasn't in LA? It was out of the country. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was right, in Mexico. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Oops. I always, always have to be careful. You just don't name names. Uh, but you know, there were so many downloads and so many healings. And I mean, that was a very productive journey. And I almost forgot or minimized one part of it. And that was, oh God, I mean, I try to, make, to try to say it in a concise way, but very similar to your experience. I, I wasn't even trying to manifest money. It's just sort of like you in a way. It just kind of came in like, hey, do you want to look at money? Mm. And I thought, not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a scary area. I've had a lot of problems with money, debt and scarcity and just growing up. You've you know, overcome it though. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I won't say poor, but close to it with my my primary caregiver and then having the other one that was more abundant, but we weren't really close. And mm-hmm. so just, you know, had weird things. But anyway, what came up in that journey was just it's a very similar thing that I realized that that money as I had been categorizing it, relating to it, had been minimizing the energetics of, of money as a living, breathing, universal entity. Yeah. And that I had reduced it to paper and coin currency and this, this human-created uh, system of world currency that, yeah. is, that is, of course, everything is spiritual because everything is God. But it's often used uh, for selfish means, and and you know, just like a gun can be used for something positive, like protecting your family, or it can be used for robbing a bank. It's like money has that same thing, but it was 
it was such a zoomed out perspective that money isn't even cash. It's not digits on your computer in your bank account or cryptocurrency. Money is the energetics of sharing. Yeah. And the energetics of freedom and of 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 material objects changing form from one thing to another, right? So I, you know, money could be me giving you a peach I just picked off my peach tree and you baking me a pizza, you know? It's like all that is money, any sort of any sort of um commerce. And so is not only had I reduced it to uh, a really lower value commodity, it's also that I had been so disrespectful and mm. dishonoring of that energetic where I would spend money that I didn't have for mm. most of my life. It, it's like, that's so disrespectful to this currency that takes care of us. And also, of course, in my relationship to it, not feeling worthy of having a lot of it, uh, having guilt around having it if others don't. Like, right. how could I live in a big, nice home and have financial abundance and eat organic food when there are people in third world countries starving? I'm an asshole. It's like guilt around around thriving. Yeah, guilt around thriving and money. It's sort of like sur- thri- uh, sur- survivor guilt, right? Right. It's like, oh God, I didn't grow up with money. I'm not supposed to have it. And if I do, I'm a bad person. Just all this stuff. Again, I could go on and on, but it, it really was a pivotal moment in just my relationship to that energetic currency. And I remember in that journey, actually making amends to mm. kind of to the money God, to the, you know, at the serpent of finance, as you were mm-hmm. eloquently describing it. And it, it wasn't embodied in that way. It was just this pulsing energy. And mm. I thought, oh man, just that realization of, I'm so sorry that, alive. that I minimized you to this finite substance that we call cash or credit or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah. Just like this mindless, uh, unconscious uh, transactional thing, you know? And yeah, it's like, it was a really profound game changer for me to meet the living, breathing being that is divine money. I mean, yeah, I like wow. that divine money. That's good. I couldn't really put a, a name on it at the time. I just thought, wow, what I thought money was is not at all what it is. It's mm-hmm. part of it, but it's it's so much bigger than that. So yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up and you had that experience and that reflection because it's going to help me forge a continuing relationship with that and um, to work on some of those shadow things that I have guilt about mm-hmm. it. And like even talking about it on the podcast, it's like, oh, I don't want to tell people that I want money. It's like, there's something wrong with wanting right, wealth. Right. And, and part of the, the other realization I had too, was just that there were many times in my life and up until a few years ago, I suppose, where there was, there was an element of selfishness and greed around coveting money because I felt like there wasn't enough of it. Mm-hmm. Not that I, you know, I, I give homeless people money and if you want to borrow some money, I'll give it to you. I mean, I also squandered it disrespectfully, but there was always this feeling that there just isn't enough of it. Got to hold on to it. Yeah, you got you to gotta hold on to it or, you know, the envy or jealousy of others having more and comparing my self-worth and intrinsic value as a as a person as a man to other people based on how much of that currency they've allowed to flow into their life and all of that stuff so there really is a um a re-establishment and reintegration of that relationship that's ongoing right now and i think us buying a home in austin it's like for me it's putting on my big boy pants i'm like damn i'm 50 years old like 
we just borrowed a lot of money from a bank and also I'm about to shell out more right. money by far than I ever have my whole life for yeah. the down payment and yeah. all that and you as well. So it's like, wow, this is getting interesting. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to expanding that relationship. And really, as you said, thinking of it as divine money and what good can I do with this? Right. You know, how can I enrich your life? Uh, if and when we have kids, enriching their life, giving them security, giving them a good, abundant life. Yeah. And, 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 get, and thinking too, in terms of great mother earth, you know, without her, we have nothing. And so starting a long time ago, I started to think about, you know, what causes do I really believe in? What organizations, nonprofits do I really trust? Do I know the founders of? And, you know, just really making a list of ways where I feel I can, aside from everything I do all day, every day, shamanically, and as an intergalactic guardian of the earth, I'm continuously uh, doing positive, loving things for this planet. But when it comes specifically to the money currency and the money exchange, how else can I raise the vibration and frequency and consciousness levels through through my usage of of my wealth of my financial wealth and so i just think it gets really juicy and extra fun when you've learned to trust yourself when you've learned to trust how you're going to use as your bank account grows and you've got more and more fat stacks laying around and you know that you're going to do really good things with it yeah and also be able to provide experiences for you uh, and your loved ones. Yeah. You know, there inevitably are going to be people around in your life that are perhaps younger or just haven't mastered it or hit some hard times. And you want to take a trip like, hey, we're going to Hawaii, come with us. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to have the ability to do that. You know, grab one of my little brothers and be like, hey, we're going to Italy for the summer. Come hang out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have any money. Who cares? Don't sweat it. It's all a game. You know, it's like when I interviewed Drew Canoli, yeah. the big takeaway from that conversation was he said, Luke, money's just a game. All you do is just figure out the game. It's like so dumb and so easy. And I thought, yeah, maybe it could be that way. If well, you, if- he certainly has lived that. You know, he didn't, he deny me. He shared on both of our podcasts, he didn't come from money, yeah. you know, at all, at all, at all. Um, and uh, he, he is a living testament to the theory that he he shared about like just testing your limits, testing your edges with it. And I think I'm going to do, I, I'll do a uh, guided divine money shamanic journey or something and like guide people in working with that snake of divine money and like talking to it and learning from it. I, that just, I decided to do I love that, that just now. It's <laughs> funny that the snake totem... I'm, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, wow, we're 26 minutes. We have we have like six more days to go oh, with these reports. This oops. is going to be a 10-hour podcast. <laughs> but anyway, I, who cares? Whatever. We'll make it a five-part. We're five talking about part. money. Maybe it's helpful. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure it is. It's helpful to me, <laughs> at least a couple of people listening. But it's interesting that it it um, showed up as a totem of a serpentine. Mm-hmm. It's on one side of kind of the shadow side of money. It's like, ooh, it's slithery and sneaky and those those things that people normally attribute, I think, to you know, that snakes are bad or, or dangerous or something like that. But what comes to mind for me is kind of the shape-shifting nature of snakes, mm. right? It's like they fit into nooks and crannies and they can appear to be a coil or a long rope or this and that. They're kind of always undulating and moving. And when you, when you watch them, they'll flatten out and then they become more round and mm. plump. 
Uh, they really are kind of a shape-shifting physical being. And if you think about the embodiment of money, that's really what it is. It's a currency and a, a flow of energy that takes on different forms at different times mm-hmm. and adapts to its environment in terms of what it's needed for, wanted for, et cetera. And like snake um, can be dangerous <laughs> mm-hmm. or a great gift. Well, right. I don't know how snakes are a great gift other than just the majesty of their beauty and their uniqueness as a creature. Well, they're great teachers. Shedding the old skin, rebirth. Ah, yeah. You know, shedding old money stories, limit, limiting narratives. Oh, shit. When a, sh- when a snake um, sheds its skin, it's almost like dollar bills, mm-hmm. right? Because it's kind of like sheets of paper. Mm-hmm. Funny stuff. All right. <laughs> We're tired, you guys. We're out. This is day two from the Joe Dispenza week-long retreat. Thank you for listening. We'll be back hopefully tomorrow, if not within the next couple of days, with, with more reports on our insights and experience as we go. Okay, we just wrapped up day three here at the retreat, and uh, what a day it was. I have copious notes here, which are probably too much to go through. Uh, my day was pretty standard, super deep meditations. In as l- standard as it gets for meditating 25 hours in a 24-hour day. <laughs> yeah, meaning I didn't you know, have a perceivable breakthrough in some of the insights that you're about to share with us, which I have not heard yet. I'm excited to hear what happened. I just remember we got up from the meditation and you were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. But essentially today was Joe just really diving into the model, into more of the science and you know, repetition makes perfect for me. So in order to understand the framework and the kind of logic of what we're doing spiritually, it's important for me to hear him break that down. And so today there was a lot of time spent on the eight chakras, even though he doesn't use that term, that he uses energy centers to make it universally uh, applicable to people of all cultures, etc. But it was really interesting how he explained that each one of them has its own field and its own pattern and that the energy centers are aligned with the greater field of consciousness, and they are what actually act as the interface between the human body to create matter from energy. So these really are our manifestation centers and how in life, due to just the human experience and traumas we go through, et cetera, uh, most people uh, at one point or another get stuck in the first three centers, which are about security and survival. And so a lot of this work is about moving the energy up your spine into your heart and into your brain and affecting your energy that way. And then he went on to talk about how when you're in 3D reality and space-time, you're interpreting the world and creating reality based on your senses. So you are absolutely stuck in time and you're in your body and that's all there is from that point of uh, perspective. Surrounded by all this matter. Yes, surrounded by dense matter, right? Slow moving energy and everything is local. So that's where there is somebody, someone, something, somewhere and some time. And so when you're limited to your senses in that 3D reality, you are absolutely time bound. And then when you're living from those lower chakras, when you're living time-bound, 
limited by your sense perceptions, it creates stress hormones that lock you into that environment and that perception of the world in space and time. And a lot of people get stuck there. Yes. Many people uh, live their whole lives there. <laughs> and, uh, I even get stuck there. Tonight I got stuck there. We, you know, we're, we're, we're in the middle of buying this house in Austin. And, you know, so during this whole seminar, there's a million documents we have to sign and I'm, you know, I got to run out and check my email. It is not the ideal week to be in a spiritual retreat. Let me just tell you that. Or maybe it is, maybe I'm learning how to, you know, roll with the punches, but I don't know that I'm doing that great of a job um, because I still have little moments of freaking out, but I, I, <laughs> I, I do, I, I do manage to escape that 3d prison. I put myself in momentarily, but anyway, then we went into 4d reality which is based on present moment, pure awareness, and pure consciousness. And that is the gateway or door to the quantum field. So that's the state that many of us, I think, uh, experience during meditation where there's no body, there's no one, no thing, nowhere, and no time. But there is still an awareness and still a consciousness there, consciousness there observing that phenomenon. So it's not in the quantum field, it's more of a doorway. And I think of this kind of as the void. It's like when you have a good meditation and there's just stillness and quietude and emptiness, but there's still a you there going, wow, this feels nice. Oh, there goes a the thought, right? Then moving on into 5D reality. Now, this is the goal here. And uh, I think I've actually touched on this a few times in the past couple of days, which has been absolutely ecstatic and blissful. That's the eternal now where there is no matter no senses, nothing local at all. You're dealing in energy, frequency, potential. There's no separation. It's unity, oneness, wholeness, consciousness. And so no senses are being experienced, only an awareness in consciousness, but there's no separate you witnessing that experience like there would be in 4D when you're in the void. However, Using what I like to call God's mind, uh, one can have thoughts, but it's not thoughts that are generated from the personal you. And thoughts here have a much faster frequency. Therefore, this is the place of rapid manifestation because you're out of the realm of time. So my experience was really taking in this framework today and at least having a, an understanding of those different levels of uh, perceptual reality and how to use the breathing techniques and the meditation to break through that door into the quantum field. Break on through to the other exactly. side. Exactly. That's what I was listening to that on my headphones. And then using that model, I actually wrote down some, some goals in terms of manifestation, but not just the goal itself, because we, when we create goals, we're not just going for the goal, we're going for the feeling that that goal is going to produce. It's all so, about the heart. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. That's right. So you you cover that part, Allison. <laughs> um, but this was, you know, this was really key for me. And that's not new information to me, but I really focused on the feeling around things that I wanted to create in my life, whether they were um, material or or otherwise. So all in all, today was a wonderful day. I managed to get out a podcast episode and you know, take care of my earthly responsibilities and, uh, and also just have a really good time. And it was so nice, of course, again, hanging out with my dad. I mean, he's in there doing the meditations. That's really sweet. He's yeah. Like, he's like 77 or something, man. And he's just, he's just grinding it out right alongside Allison and I. And, uh, 
that was just beautiful. So that's my that's my seven minutes uh, of bliss report today. Another successful day, uh, and you know, getting closer and closer to finalizing some of the earthbound three D stuff around this house, which feels good. Uh, so I think. And uh, looking forward to tomorrow. So, Allison, you had quite a day. Tell us about what happened for you. I did. I'm, I'm probably going to get journey envy. Since- no, <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not. Let's not do that. Uh, I'm trying to swallow down this here uh, red tide situation. Um, speaking of, while I'm thinking of it, do we have that bee spray throat the, stuff? The bee. Uh, propolis we do it's uh yeah the beekeepers naturals it's funny because i was cutting an ad for that last night and i was talking about how you like to use it i'm like yeah the whole family uses it well i guess not the dog and the cat but our two human family yes i do have some of the beekeepers naturals throat spray okay uh now on to this so the other fun thing along with what you were sharing that i just did it's funny how you know he'll share like two minutes of information. Then he's like, now discuss. And then you and I get together and we extract two completely. I mean, we know what you know what I'm talking about and I know what you're talking about, but it's just funny how you like the stats and scientific thing. And then I like the, you know, the more what I feel are the shamanic, you know, explanations to it. Um, I find that very amusing. And so along with what you were sharing, I just loved how today he dove into that key piece of going within and doing these inward practices and learning how to navigate and work in the unseen realms. Um, Because in the infinite, you can only experience with your awareness and with your consciousness in the infinite, it's nonsense. And I loved that, you know, because it made me laugh because as a shaman and as someone who's been a spiritual teacher in a very public way for, you know, many years this lifetime, you know, you kind of hit up against that piece a lot of people thinking that what you're teaching and what you're sharing is is nonsense, right? And so when he was sharing that, I'm like, oh no, it's literally what I do share is literally nonsense. You know, it, I am a teacher of getting out of the 3D senses and going into these different dimensions and realms and astral planes where you are nonsensical and learning who you really truly are from being in nonsense. Uh, so I just, I don't know. I just wanted to toss that in because I really enjoy that. I like that. And another thing, in case you don't have it in your notes, I thought was really interesting at the end. We did something new that I've never done with him or heard on any of the recordings. And that was how we tapped into... Uh, the root of the earth and then created the polarity of a magnetic field within the toroidal field of the energy body into the ethers or into the cosmos. And that's, that's the medit that's like your sort of patented of uh, meditation of rock star shaman, right? The rock being the earth and the star being the cosmos. And one of the first journeys that you took me on uh, when we were already a couple was that sitting at the altar and doing that. And you're like, Hey, try this thing, you know, in the morning, make this part of your practice. And I was like, lo and behold, Joe uses it. 
and he's coming at it from this whole scientific point of view. So I thought that was a really interesting parallel there as well. Yeah, it was cool because I didn't know that he had this guided journey in his arsenal. And so, yeah, as we were leading up to that place today, it was the last journey of the day or meditation. And um when he started to explain what we were all 1000 of us were about to embark on. And then he likes to use a lot of graphics, which I think are cool. And it was hilarious because there was this picture of the world and then the cosmos behind it. And he was explaining how we're going to connect into the earth and then connect up to the stars. And I leaned over yeah, and whispered to you, I was like, this is the signature rock star shaman guided journey. So yeah, it's been cool to, to continuously witness the parallels between our work. It's really beautiful. So what I will share today is um, phase two, uh, the continued voyaging with this living, breathing being energy that is divine money. Oh, wow. You went back on that tip, huh? I mean, we are uniting together. It's not me. You know, it's like both of us, the the energy of divine money and myself. We are equal parts conjoining. We are equal parts communing. We are equal parts getting to know each other. And it is so incredible. So before we went on this particular meditation, he wanted us to write down, it's this first time he's ever asked us to actually get into our little journals and write down what is it that we want to call forward, work with. And then we go beyond that, you know, what what is that going to provide for us? Like what is going to be the feeling of that experience? And then he explains the importance of the heart, that we draw this to us with our hearts now by being in the present moment, the best that we can and by utilizing the power of our hearts. So what was really interesting, you know, he's guiding it and all of a sudden the, the yeah, the, the living being, the serpenty, snaky, purple, black, cosmic glitter light uh, being that is divine money came back in and it was, so powerful and so profound. I tried to draw this diagram of what was happening. You're not going to understand it. This is me as like a stick person. And essentially the... the I div- wish we could put it in the show notes. It's, it's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The divine money energy started to... I was had my arms outstretched like this and the serpent's uh, were, in the room you did or in your awareness? In the, in the, in the vision. In the vision. Okay. And the energy of divine money was going through the palm of my hand and then going all around me, from, you know, underneath my feet and then up through the left palm hand and then up above my head. So it was creating this giant circle all around me, but it was hitting and going through my palm points on both sides, if that makes sense. And so it was just like orbing around me and circulating through me and, you know, obviously activating me in, in this new profound way. And it was so beautiful and glorious just to be communing. I, I mean, it's so hard to put words on experiences like this. You know, it, human words just don't do any of it justice because you know, when you've been learning, there are certain things when you incarnate in life that you're just like really gifted at. I get the time, but this is really important. Um, 
there are certain things when you incarnate, like maybe you're just like super gifted at telepathy or uh, at cooking. And then there are other categories of life where you learn you just you just have to put in more effort. You, you didn't incarnate just super dialed into that gift, right? So for me, the money thing, as I shared in the last episode, is one that I've had to really educate myself on and learn. So to finally be... Uh, in this present moment, having this all activate right now and meeting the energy in this way that it came in today, it blasted my heart open. And I was really then connecting with what he was prepping us with going into this meditation, just focusing on the heart and that that's the key. And it literally, I, I, I felt like my heart exploded open and I was crying and I was just feeling the the deepest, most sincere gratitude for the energy of divine money, for this living being that I get to like do this cosmic dance with and just honor how much I'm honoring it and how much it's honoring me. And just to feel that genuineness in my heart and, and to have it be so presently connected to, um, to what was happening. It was, it was really incredible to the point where my physical body was starting to like undulate. And I almost felt like I was about to be on the verge of being one of those people that just spontaneously is like, and like screaming out oh, because yeah, of we the forgot openings. To, we forgot to tell people about that one. Yeah. Every once in a while, someone will have an experience of a rapture. This happened a lot in Indian Wells last year. There's only been a couple here, but the, the, the week is young. Uh, <laughs> and to just real quick to, to interject, um, I don't know exactly what's happening. He explains it in a way, but I think it's one of those things that unless you have it happen subjectively, you wouldn't understand. But you'll be sitting there in the deepest meditation and all of a sudden you just hear, like just someone just down the row screaming. And, uh, you know, he explains it as just energetic release or an ecstatic moment of bliss and all kinds of things. But um, I hope you do that this week, sweetie, because I, I think that would be beautiful <laughs> and hilarious because I'll at least know who it is doing it. Because you always right, wonder like, yeah. was, that the, was that the lady behind us? I know. God, she was only 5'2". How did that noise come out of all her? Of, all of the ones who have happened seem to be in our area too. It's funny. I'm like, who was that? It's yeah, it's really beautiful and intriguing. Um, so anyways, I mean, there there was more to it, but I know we're trying to keep these succinct. The other last little note that I'll say is that as that current was going all around me, this other water current started to circulate only through my head and heart. So it was like one giant circle going around me this way. God, you guys can't see what I'm doing. Sorry about that. And then and then the water current was going in front of my face. So one's going around you like, you know, from left to right yeah. circle. And then another one's going front to back yes. circle, essentially. Yeah. And the water was the front to back circle. And it was going on top of my head, in through my heart, out through the back of my heart chakra, and then up around my head again. So these continuous circles and the water one was sharing with me. I was like, you know, what are, what are you all about? Why are you entering in? And it spoke to me and said the word purifier. And it explained to me, and this isn't totally new, but it was explaining to me that I am a purifier of a lot of different things. I'm here to help purify um, the true definition of shamanism and to get 
help get society and the world back to the truth of that. And then it was explaining to me that specifically with this divine money and with the current, the currency of money, that I am a purifier of it. And now that I'm working with it, how I get to share now. So it's such an unexpected thing that I, I didn't know I'd be teaching this or guiding journeys about money, but it's coming in so loud and clear that I am going to help people reconnect to these different calibrated ways of honoring, viewing, utilizing, working with money and and knowing it as divine money instead of just like we talked about the other day, paper. So there's a trillion other things, but I'll leave it at that. Really, really freaking profound, powerful, just mind-blowing stuff erupting with gratitude and joy and fun. And I am loving every second of it. That's beautiful. I'm so glad you're having such a great experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been fun to uh, every day get the reports for you. Actually, it's it's great that we get to record these because I get to hear in detail what your experience is like. I mean, I'm learning and I'm having beautiful experiences. It's just, you know, I don't know, maybe it's like masculine and feminine energy thing, you know, in my, the depth of my experience here so far and usually in his meditations is just this vast empty space and i just love it in there and sometimes i think man why isn't anything weird happening or like i'm not having a vision or you know like a plant medicine kind of experience it's just like in the best moments it's just vast and well i'm having those too those are totally mixed in so of the three we did today journey one was that So full on that it was trippy AF. I mean, it was so that I think that was the deepest I've ever gone in that space. Oh, wow. It was whoa status. And then journey two was the one I just described. Journey three was the one that is almost identical to the signature rock star shaman guided meditation. Um, so yeah, I, I'm having that as well. Oh, you're getting those, those uh, empty Full space on ones too. Black. Just, do, you, do, you, do you like it in there? I do. I, it's not a scary place for me, but I just, I went deeper and farther and, and just in, worked with it in ways that were uh, juicier than ever before. So it was just like, oh, 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 oh. Tight. All right, you guys. Tight. <laughs> I haven't so heard that tight. word in a long time. Super tight. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So tomorrow morning, we, <laughs> every night, it's like, we're like, oh, we got to do our daily report. I mean, it's fun. We like sharing this stuff with yeah. anyone listening. And it's, it's cool. I think it's part of the integration. It's I mean, it, it's totally it's so tight. I love doing, um, you know, I love doing immersive journalism where you you get to really share the experience with an audience. So I appreciate everyone who's listening. I appreciate you, Allison. And tomorrow morning, we're going to get up at the ungodly hour of 6 a.m. Uh, to start the 6.30 uh, walking meditation it's on the It's really not that early, honey. There are people that get up like 3 and 4 uh, o'clock. It's ungodly when you're going to bed at 11. Yeah, it's still seven hours of sleep. Mm. That's a plenty. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on that note... <laughs> We're going to get in a fight, you guys, right on the podcast now. All right, you guys, we'll be back uh, with the next report coming at you soon. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Ah, life's great mysteries. Have you ever wondered why some people get really sick and get sick often, while others rarely get sick, and when they do, it's mild? 
Well, researchers say that the answer can often be found in your gut health. In fact, a study published just this year suggests that people with leaky gut and other gut symptoms may be at higher risk of severe illness. Well, look at that. In fact, more than 70% of your immunity is created in your gut. So why does this matter? Well, even if you do everything right, you're still going to be exposed to viruses and bacteria. It's simply unavoidable. It's the way the world works. And the severity of your illness could be affected by your gut health. So a healthy diet, proper exercise, vitamin C, zinc, other minerals, all that will definitely help. But there's also something you can add to your morning routine that will completely transform your immunity and protect you along the way. So the product I want to introduce you to now is called Leaky Gut Guardian. So you're probably thinking, do I even have leaky gut? But studies show that nearly everyone has it, at least in a mild form. And if you don't, this product does more than just help with that one condition. So Leaky Gut Guardian is the only formula that can repair compromised gut lining, help it rebuild with the right probiotics and prebiotics, and activate the four critical pathways to super immunity. So it eliminates bad bacteria, feeds the good bacteria, and gives your immunity the strength it needs to fight off viruses. Comes in two flavors, both of which are awesome and delicious. First one is chocolate carnivore, next vegetarian vanilla. So all you have to do to implement this into your routine is just add a scoop to your morning beverage. It might be a coffee, smoothie, or even just a glass of water. Mixes really well, tastes delicious, and you're going to be repairing your gut health with powerful prebiotics and probiotics while you're at it. So if you're ready to check it out, here's what you do. Go to bioptimizers.com. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S. Bioptimizers.com slash Luke. Use the code Luke10 and save 10% off your order. That's bioptimizers.com slash Luke. The product you're looking for there is Leaky Gut Guardian. And now back to the interview. It is now the end of day five, and Allison and I were just too smoked yesterday on day four to do our daily report, so we... uh, I'm too smoked today to do this one. (laughs) So we agreed to shelve it, and as I'm looking at my notes, I didn't really have too much to report for day four either, uh, but there was plenty to report today. So I'll start with my day four. Uh, This would have been the first day of the... Uh, walking meditation was that the first one we did i have it's all, <laughs> no clue it's a blur we're basically like on a big <laughs> dmt trip out here so it's uh it, the days are run into each other but anyway yesterday day four the walking meditation uh is a pre-recorded meditation that joe leads and uh it's about getting the medicine into your body and meaning that it's about working with these energies in the energy centers working with the breath and your intention and those access points to consciousness and then getting it in your body doing the walking meditations. And uh, I had a difficult time with that one because it was cold at six in the morning. I was just very much trapped in my senses. You know, my feet hurt, my body hurt and walking, trying to be all Mr. Positive and like own the day vibe was not really flying. I won't say that I went super negative, but it was definitely challenging to kind of get into the zone. 
Happy boy. Yeah, happy boy. Yay. <laughs> and then uh, that's that's what Allison does every time I get super negative. <laughs> Which if you if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you, you get like my best self, you know. But if you if you live with me, you see the grumpy old man emerging here and there. <laughs> Especially in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> But as Joe said today, he said he's he. I mean, he said you know this isn't about this isn't about Joe Dispenza. I mean, he's just a guy that created a model, has done the work. He's uh, legendary, though. Yeah, I mean, he's no, he's awesome. But you know, I don't like. He even says this isn't about me. This right. is about you guys. So when I talk about him, it's not like you know I see him as my guru or some avatars. I mean, he's just a brilliant, really amazing person who's doing a great service to mankind by taking these ancient practices and modernizing them making them accessible and more than anything, quantifying them and really delivering the science behind them. But anyway, um, you know, he said today, he's like, dude, I still get triggered and like freak out. It's just a matter of how fast you bounce back. And uh, for me, years ago, I could have something spin me out and I'd go into fight or flight and I might be gone for a week. You know what I mean? This is some time ago. Um, Now it's much shorter lived, but yeah, I was definitely having a little challenge with that. But then we had something funny happen that turned, ah. that turned into a great lesson. Oh God, I got to sit up for this one. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, it's a great lesson and things are not always what they seem and um, <laughs> don't trust your mind. So a couple of days ago, we forgot <laughs> to report on this. So I'm going to retroactively report because it's just, it's so classic. It's turned into a really amazing running joke. But anyway, <laughs> Alice and I are sitting there in our seats in the in the conference, you know, the big conference. Is room. this the first or so? It was early, like first or second day. I think day. it was like day two or three, yeah, something like two. that. Yeah, so... You know, we turned to each other and we're like, dude, do you smell feet? And I'm like, yeah, this smells like a bucket full of assholes right around our seat. It's, it's just, just so sour. Just the gnarliest like old cheese Parmesan, just that, you know, the gross foot smell that you, oh. you probably smelled at some point in a locker room or something like that. And it just kept wafting in, like it would just smack you in the face, you know, when you, when you least expected it. And you're trying to like meditate and do these things and... The stank feet smell was not great. So in the breaks, we're like complaining to each other about it. And we pinned it on this one gentleman in front of us who, (laughs) and, and, you know, he had his socks on and I'm like, I remember saying to you. Yeah, his shoes off. His shoes off with the socks on. I remember saying to you like, God, how could your feet be that smelly? And you don't even know. Yeah. I was being super judgy. Anyway, this went on for like, uh, was it two days that we had this smell infiltrating our area or was it just the one? I well, well, it was that one, but then it carried. <laughs> so <Right>. the, <laughs> the key where I where I became Inspector Gadget was the following day. We were in a totally different section, and he was no longer sitting in front of us. And I got hit with the smell again. As did I. And I was. I remember. I think I leaned over to you, and I was like. Yo, I am getting that same stinky foot smell again. Are you? And you're like, yeah, I'm noticing it too. Yeah. And and then <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, this doesn't compute because we were so sure that it was the fella in front of us yesterday, yet he's not around us today. I saw him like two rows back on the far left. And then a light bulb goes off in my head and I look to the left and I see your sandals. My earth runners. Your earth runners sitting on the floor and I'm like, oh my God, 
what if it's Luke's sandals? And they are always sitting right next to my head when we lie down for the meditations and stuff. (laughs) Backstory, uh, just to keep it real, I have never ever in my life had smelly feet to my knowledge never been accused of it never noticed I've it I've never your feet have never yeah. smelled yeah so so we deduced it to it was the earth runners because this particular pair that I brought with me are the fabric top they have like a hemp top versus the other ones that are all oh, vibram like rubber right so and I thought what the hell like I, my feet are this is like zombie foot smell this isn't even so like human bad. This is rotting flesh of the undead coming back to life in in the meditation room. And I was like, where have I been? And then I realized when I, when we, now we're at the hotel uh, where the conference is, but we stayed the first few days um, in the guest suite at my dad's condo a few doors down. And I remember one morning I went outside and there was like this drainage ditch on the lawn that had backed up. And so it was all wet, but I didn't, I don't remember it being particularly smelly, but it was definitely like standing water. And I was tromping around out there like, I don't care. My feet get wet. We're in Florida. It's warm, whatever. And I also fell in it and fell in a hole. (laughs) Yeah. You almost broke your ankle. So I think what happened was I was tromping around in like a a, a fucking- Swamp water? Yeah. In like a uh, septic tank drainage field or something. And and then it gets even funnier. So I'm like, well, I still want to wear my sandals. So- I washed them in hot water with soap and water, let them dry out the next morning. Still smell still like stink. rotten Parmesan cheese <laughs> that you pulled out of a pig's anus. Honey. Then I'm like, all right, this, this is not cool. Then the next day I'm like, I'm going to try again. So this time I took like the toxic like alcohol mint uh, mouthwash from the hotel Drain, you know, saturated the whole thing. Oh, and but that, the alcohol would kill it. Yeah, off. with like the mint smell and stuff. Let it dry, come back, still nothing. So I'm, I'm gonna have to chuck them. And this is no fault of Earth Runners. It's just if you have Earth Runners with the hemp or fabric top, don't step in sewage water and then not clean them. But it was just so funny. The last little bit I'll share is that even that day that we were so sure of what was occurring, even as we walked back to the condo with your dad on the beach, we were still talking about. This stinky cheese foot <laughs> as smell. As I was wearing them. <laughs> as, you were, as it was you. And you even said like, dad, do you remember when like we were little boys and, and Cody's feet used to smell like cheese? And, and, we, <laughs> and, and we were describing to your dad the horrific smell of this man, a man's feet in front of us. And so there were just a lot of really um, funny and interesting dots on this like journey to discovering whose cheesy feet it was. And, and then, um, I feel like there was one other, Oh, so yeah. Remember when the light bulb went off, I leaned over to you and I was like, do you think it could, do you think it could be your sandals? And all of a sudden (laughs) you're the look in your eyes, you were like, no way. And then you, you, you slowly slid (laughs) over and picked one up and leaned down and brought it to your nose. And then you sat up with this horrified look on your face. And I was like, is it yours? And then you slid it over to me and I crouched over (laughs) underneath my chair and lifted the sandal up to my nose and I was like, oh my God. And then we were just crying, laughing, like realizing the whole time we were talking about somebody else, it was you. Well, then I went into this whole self-conscious spin out because I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, everyone who's sitting around us, because I always have my shoes, you know, I was like barefoot, have my socks, like I'm I'm running around the whole place, uh, (sighs) you know, 
aside from going into the men's room, I'm pretty much not wearing shoes anywhere around the hotel. So uh, now I'm thinking, oh my God, everyone around us thinks it's me, but it's really not. I just stepped in a puddle uh, and it was it was just hilarious. So I just added some humor there and I just thought it was and a uh, lesson. worth telling the story. And a lesson in, yeah, like before you get too judgy, uh, smell your own damn feet. It's probably it's probably your ass that's projecting it onto the, the innocent guy in front of us. It's so uh, yeah, funny. so that that was a hilarious one. But anyway, uh, on to, on to day five today. So uh, today, I feel like I had a huge breakthrough because during the course of this whole week, um, something that's been going on more so for me, just because I tend to get a little uptight about these things, uh, more so than Allison, generally speaking. But this is the day we started this retreat was also the day that our inspection period for the home that we're purchasing in Austin started. So I'm getting estimates on speaking of septic, the septic tank, you know, the plumbing, the electrical, the stuff's coming back. There's things that are wrong. Getting the mold testing done, of course. EMFs is coming next, like all this stuff. So, and and then also, you know, the loan. Oh, we're missing this tax return. Da, da, da. So I'm just like constant emails, phone calls, deadlines. 10, ten new people on each email. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. I'll be honest. I mean, I try to keep it pretty chill, but it's it's been quite stressful. And, um, and I don't want to miss any of the retreat. I'm, and, you know, if Joe starts a meditation, you can't just roll in in the middle of it. So, you know, every break I'm running around with my laptop. It's so loud everywhere. I can't talk. I can't hear. I'm trying to get Wi-Fi. So I've been a little bit of a stress case in between these beautiful experiences. Uh, today, the, the the levy broke and, you know, some of the things we're very concerned about with the house look like are going to be taken care of. Uh, we got an extension on the inspection so we can get our mold test in in time, blah, blah, blah. You don't, you don't care. Point being is like here we're we're in this thing to like learn how to not be stress cases and I'm a stress case in every break and then I come back in and have amazing experiences. Today, things smoothed out with the house and I finally just surrendered. I'm going to stop freaking out. It just it's either going to happen or it's not and whatever. And then we did the uh, coherence healing which, you know, I want to give away all of Joe's secret sauce, but essentially we were doing remote healing on people. And uh, in so doing, we were evoking spirit and really working again with the energy centers and the breath and doing your love heart. Yeah. Just really opening your heart, getting in the heart center and, and all the things. And, uh, and also today was his deep dive explanation. As far as the content goes, this is by far my very favorite where he breaks down probably a 90 minute lecture on the science of the pineal gland and how it secretes the metabolites that eventually become DMT and how and why the pineal gland is your gateway to universal consciousness and the quantum field and how these different chemicals that your body produces facilitate that. So all the pieces kind of came together for me intellectually today, seeing how different plant medicine experiences and the recent literal DMT experience I had in Austin, uh, how that all is coming together and how to work with the framework, whether it's with breath work or medicines or just doing Joe's things or meditation, whatever, how one seeks to uh, manifest a life in the material plane based on learning how to access the quantum through these various means. And so it all kind of like just came to a head and I was like, oh, ta-da, I get it. Like I finally, I got the secret to the universe. You know, I'm sure there are many more, but this was a huge piece that I really wanted to understand and have an intellectual framework for and and have a model for that. So when I do all these types of work, I really know what I'm doing and I can get better at doing it and improve my life and get, um, get my healing powers to their maximum potential so that I can help other people as well. 
So that was a big pineal one. We're going to do a breakdown of that, I think, with Matt Maruka, who's here. He's a good friend. He's been on the show a couple of times, founder of Raw Optics, Blue Blocking Eyewear. And uh, we've been hanging around with him. So I'm probably going to grab him for, for a breakdown of that. But that happened today. Uh, I'll finish up my report in, so, in saying that I really went all in today. I really surrendered all the stress of the house and stuff. And I was just like, you know what, whatever. It is what it is. And um, during one of the uh, meditations, my body started to undulate and and move around in ways that were totally involuntary. And these are things that are quite common in Joe Dispenza events. People will scream, they'll cry, they'll shake, they'll fall on the ground. Like You would think if you didn't know what was going on, because I don't know if you noticed the lovely woman uh, last night who sat two rows ahead of us for at least five minutes. If you didn't know what was occurring, you would have thought she was in a, a severe seizure. But it's just the energy being activated. Um, but it was really beautiful and profound for me to to watch her, to to witness her in that space and just send her love. And um, but she was really like, you know, her neck was, you know, going back on the chair and her back would arch and her whole body, I mean, like for five to seven minutes, just full on shaking and like no control over her body. Yeah. It was like whoa. Yeah. And I've and I've seen this happen in 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 Dispenza events and elsewhere in life. And I often get like journey envy because I want to have that experience. I'm like, God, why does it always happen to the other person? And finally today, it happened to me. And then I would try to stop it and I realized, okay, if I exert my will over my physical body, I can stop this movement, but it feels really uncomfortable to stop it. So then I just go neutral and don't do anything and it starts up again. And it can only be described as just immense amounts of energy moving throughout the body. So that was inside during the meditation. We go outside to do a walking meditation and I go in the first part of it, you're just standing there with your eyes closed and I'm like, holy shit, here it goes. So for like 90 minutes, uh, walking, doing the walking meditation, the points at which you're standing, I was just standing right at the coastline and my body is just in ecstasy. I'm laughing, tears streaming down my face. My body just keeps undulating and moving and I'm just like, yes, yes, <laughs> I finally got the gift of having this experience that mm-hmm. I, I've watched so many other people have. And so I was just so filled with gratitude and also just, you know, gratitude for my perseverance and just sticking with it, even though at times, you know, you, I find myself wanting to give up or just I'm stressed out about the house or my body hurts or whatever. And I'm just like, no, you know what? I want this shit. Like, I really want to master these energies and be able to have these type of experiences on demand with nothing except me, my breath, my intention, uh, and, you know, and, uh, yeah. really elevate my consciousness. So it was a huge day for me. There were a few realizations that came in insights, but mostly it was just like, just feeling the power of God move through my being and just, you know, feeling my potential and feeling divinity and source. The power and, of love power of love, really dropping into my heart in a meaningful way. And uh, it was just absolutely beautiful and incredible. And I feel like today, we have two more days. I feel like today was kind of the turning point where I'm like, okay, like this is definitely happening. There's something huge going on. And so that's that's my story. Uh, at the end of day five, we're, uh, we're going to sleep now. It's like 9.30. We have to be there at four in the morning for the pineal meditation, which is like four to five hours uh, long meditation, and this was my favorite thing. The last uh, in the last intensive I did, 
So I'm looking forward uh, very much to that. And we'll report back tomorrow. And I'll let Allison give her breakdown of uh, the last couple of days. What's been happening for you? Uh, A lot of, um, I mean, I've set intentions, a couple of different intentions. And one of them is pretty specific around a certain type of embodiment of love and peace. And so to witness that coming alive, um, opening up new worlds of that for me and different shapes and forms and visions and downloads has been really profound to just see it all like flowering and blossoming. And um, so, yeah, this this greater understanding of of love and and what it means and how I want to be that and also share that with the world has been revealing and tons of very, very clear downloads and instructions and visions, especially around my work, my brand, which has been really epic. And generosity has just been opening up for me more and more. And sorry, whenever we talk about really high vibrational things, sometimes it's hard for me to catch my breath. So that's why I'm like huffing and puffing over here. And let me try to get a breath actually. Okay, finally got one. Um, so I, I feel for the most part, I've always been a pretty generous person um, and that has grown and grown. And especially over the last uh, number of years since I had my awakening, I've, I've you know, very uh, generously given to a lot of causes that I believe in and nonprofits and things like that and just do what I can to, you know, do, do good things for friends, family, whatnot. But there's just some other new other level of generosity that's opening up inside of me that I'm really loving. And it feels so exciting. Just all these ideas, like how I can, you know, offer whatever kind of empowering support that I can for other people who are also bringing more light and divinity and consciousness to the world. Um, I don't want to say the specific ideas yet, but they really entered in loud and clear and they all feel really good and juicy and aligned. So I'm excited to start implementing those. Um, And then, yeah, I just can feel bodily wise, just a lot of things coming on board, like circuitry and activations like uh, yeah, coming coming online. Um, I can tell like day by day, just now it's this thing. You know, I, my a few days ago, like my body was doing these on, on undulations, undulations, whatever the word is. Um, and I could I, I could feel that. And that was before he kind of explained that your body can start to do that with this stuff. And then when he explained it, I was like, oh, that's that thing that my body was doing yesterday. And then I think today you know, just different surges of energy, of course, but there was something massive, like some sort of, I think, healing energy that got activated even more in my right palm. And um, yeah, so it's been really cool to just see day by day the perfect order of like, now we're going to turn this switch on for her. Now we're going to turn this circuit on. So I'm really excited to experience um, tomorrow's very early pineal uh, practice. And I feel like there was a couple of other... Oh, one other little nugget I think would just be helpful to share that Dr. Joe even said he still does to this day. Like when you are getting triggered or frustrated or annoyed or feeling a a lack of love in your experience somehow to ask yourself, what would the master do? 
Oh yeah, that was good. I really that really resonated very instantaneously and strongly. I think he would throw me. his laptop down and go, oh, "God damn it!" <laughs> like I've been doing with this real estate stuff. Right. <laughs> That's what, yeah. the master, that's what the master would do. So there's a little nugget for you. If you start to feel uh, yourself shifting into a lower realm, lower vibration, lower frequency, um, like notice it, be consciously aware because consciousness is just equal to awareness. So be aware that that's happening and take a pause, take a beat breath and ask yourself, what would the master do? And, and hopefully that can help you um, re-navigate up to a higher plane uh, and I feel like there's just one last little thing. And I guess it just kind of boils down. Well, one thing that happened that was really cool in my meditation today, I was having, again, a lot of visions and downloads. And I got this message. It was just three words. As I was floating in the void, it was all black. And then three words came in. Very simple, but super powerful. It said, nothing is everything. And the second it said, nothing is everything, the black space void that I was in um, got completely technicolor. And I literally could see the entire energetics web and weaving of all that is and all that ever was. Like I could see the whole entire thing. (laughs) You know, it was beyond sacred geometry. It was so far beyond that. It, it it was, I can't even, you know, it was just literally these like a lot of fuchsias and yeah, pinks and oranges and purples and reds. And I could see the interconnectedness of all that is. And it was um, pretty profound. So nothing is everything. So when you are- I like that. Nothing is everything. That's good. Yeah. It's a good album title. Let's make a band. <laughs> you be the drummer. Yeah, I was going to say what. I'll, I'm, I'm the shamanic drummer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'll make up my little songs that I I don't do. know why when a good title comes up, like the title for my book I'm writing right now, which will remain unspoken for the time being, mm-hmm. it would be the best album title. And so I was like, well, I don't really have it in me to put in an album. So I'll name the mm-hmm. book that. But that's a good one. Yeah. And then the last little nugget I'll give you just to remember is that it's not about changing matter. It's about changing the field. So if you want something to experience and or if you want something to change in your life, you must enter into the field. You must go into the quantum space, the unseen realms, the the spiritual space that holds the energy systems and you shift there. And that shift is what changes matter and your physical reality. So you can't change matter with matter. You change matter by going into the field and altering your field. Yeah. That's the basis of a lot of it. And it's not that you can't change matter with matter. It's just hella slow <laughs> because the, 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 the wave moves very slowly down in the dense physical energy. But the higher you go in consciousness, past the threshold of the void into the allness there, you're past the speed of light. So everything is oscillating 
extremely fast and things happen very quickly. Like spontaneous healings and miracles. Yeah, exactly. That's why there's so many reports in his work of people during the meditations, like their tumor disappeared. It's not on the scan anymore. Just crazy stuff like that. instantaneous remissions and healings. Yeah, it's it's super bananas. Uh, Before we close it out, in the past two days on day four and today on five, were, were there any challenging moments for you? Anything you had to work through or... Any little sticking points? Um, I nothing too profound. I'm just, I'm just staying really aware and just seeing like smaller little nodules of of sticking points where my unconscious still might try to slide in, slip in there to um, distract me to take me out of the full grandiose power of the experience. You know. Um, and it's nothing huge and it's nothing that's fully stopping the whole train, but it's just little things like the girl in front of me had like an inflatable little, uh, bed thing that she, Oh yeah. Everyone had those little life rafts today. That that whole crew was, (laughs) was blown up their orange rafts (laughs) to lay on. And you know, it's like a plastic thing. So when you get on it, it makes noise and kind of like plasticky ruffles around. Yeah. Yeah. And so when the, the meditation started, um, I could just notice little things like me allowing myself to get pulled into a slight annoyance. Like, oh my God, quit moving. Yeah. Quit moving on your raft. And like, just if you're going to get a plastic raft for these, like don't move, lay there, (laughs) you know, and just, um, just tiny little things like that. So I'm just working on being in that like full true state of complete peace where I am totally non-reactive to external experience. Nice. What about you? Well, it's funny, aside from the smelly feet that ended up being mine. Um, uh, which, I'm not, side note, yeah. they were by the bathroom and I got in here earlier in the room today. I was like, what is that smell? And I think I, I have to throw them you away. Have I to can't, ditch, you have to get rid of them. I'm waiting for her to have an access to a washing machine. No. Maybe, maybe at Sahara's. No, honey. I'll ruin her washing done. machine. <laughs> please just get rid of them. You have to release but, but, them. But, but, but no. I, we're going to Miami. I can't. I, no, yeah, please. They're, they're, they're done. I can't wear black sneakers in Miami. It's a, it's a wrap on those. I'll fix them. Anyway, it's not so much the externals for me that I have to work through in terms of people in the room and stuff. I'm able to block that out. I think the big challenge for me has really just been all the emails and the texts and the urgency of the house stuff. And But not- I think that's been a great medicine teacher for you. Because, oh, it's been amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. yesterday I was, I got to the point where, you know, just a bunch of things kind of were showing up as problems real fast because the inspection came through and it was just like, this is broken, that's broken, this is on and on and on. And then it got to the septic thing and I was just like, wow, dude. And I thought I was getting an intuitive hit to pull the plug. Like, this is a sign, this is not your house, done. And I was like, ready to bail. Yeah. You literally said to me, I'm 100% pulling out of this. And (laughs) I was like, uh, you, there's a, we in this house that we're getting together. Not in that moment, baby. There's a, there's a, there's a me in survival mode. Uh, but that, I think just honestly, that has been the, the most difficult. Um, but it is, it is a great teaching because it's what this is all about is trusting in the divine. And, um, so, you know, like how can you meditate and chill when your phone is blowing up with everything that's 
wrong with your loan and wrong with this house you're going to buy? And, you know, how do you just like be like, oh, cool. It's all going to work out. <laughs> it's walking as a master in both worlds. Yeah. So that's been, that's been a great teacher. And then I think just the other one is um, just the pain and discomfort in my body. You know, it's just, I'll be like in a really sweet place in the meditation. And then my lower back is like, no, you're not. We're putting an ice pick in your sacrum, you know, and it's like out. And it's been really great to be able to have that and just kind of allow myself to get up and readjust, but use it as an opportunity to learn how to dip right back in there Mm -hmm. into the depth of that field quickly rather than spinning out and be like, oh, God damn it. Now I got to start over and like ramp down my brain waves. I'm able to ramp down the brain waves really fast now, even if I have to fidget or move or, you know, just creak my neck or whatever it is. So your catastrophizing is lessening. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's really beautiful to witness. Yeah, it's awesome. It's been really good stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, totally incredible experience. And um, there's just so much to share. It's funny, each time we do one of these, I'm I'm thinking, oh, it'll be five minutes and then we go for about a half an hour. So it's probably going to be a six and a half hour podcast. (laughs) But listen, uh, for those of you listening uh, that that didn't request this, thank you for joining us. And for those that did, this is what you get. (laughs) You You get... Luke's story of the Lifestyles podcast, we go full on. I'm not just going to be like, yeah, today was cool. We meditated. Bye. I'm going to really give you as much value and depth as possible. And since there's two of us now, I, I love to give you Allison's uh, perspective as well. So, yeah, we like to include stinky sandal stories. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got to keep it real, right? Yeah. And again, uh, this is nothing against Earthrunners. I still love Earthrunners, just for the record. Um, but yes. yeah, you don't want to... May ste- the record show it is not Earthrunners' yeah, fault. You just, you don't want to step in, in uh, sewage water and then let it... <laughs> dry and walk into a meditation conference <laughs> yeah well that that's a great place to end all right you guys god bless we'll be back uh, tomorrow with another report peace Well, folks, here we are on day six, and what a day it was. Our morning started at about, what was it, 3.30 a.m. there, Allison? Yes, it was 3.30, <laughs> indeed. And uh, we started the day with the uh, pineal gland meditation, or as Joe would say, the pineal gland. 99% of the population says pineal, so I'm sticking with that. Uh, but uh, much of his work, uh, as we've been discussing and will discuss, is based around the activation of this gland and the biochemical reactions, etc., that uh, allow us to access consciousness in really beautiful ways as a result. So we've been leading up really to this pineal gland meditation. And this was my favorite part of the last retreat I did last year. Uh, it goes on for two days, so <laughs> we have to go to sleep. It's like, 9 p.m. We're like, we need to go to sleep now because we have to get up then again tomorrow. But uh, the idea there is to activate this meditation when your melatonin is the highest, which is generally between 1 and 4 a.m. Uh, funny thing happened last night, actually. So we had we had the alarm set for 3.30 and I, I got up. I was awakened by uh, the cold AC or something. I got up, started getting ready, turning all the lights on, taking my vitamins and stuff. And then I looked at my clock and I'm like, yo, it's 1 a.m. I got up two and a half hours early, uh, earlier than need be, which was really, well, not hilarious at the time, but later. 
But anyway, that meditation just, it, it's really beyond description. There's, you know, breathing exercises involved. There's sitting up, there's laying down. Uh, he really keeps you going. And what's really interesting about it is you go into these very, almost really psychedelic spaces, uh, just into the quantum realm, going in there, doing all kind of work, healing, manifesting. Um, and it seems like you've been doing it for a couple hours and next thing you know, uh, 4 a.m. turned into 8.30 a.m. And we looked at each other and we're like, uh, what? And that's because you're in the place of no time. And uh, my, my experience was maybe assisted slightly because I did a microdose of psilocybin with kana and some other heart-opening herbs and things like that, which is a, not a discernible dose. I wasn't trying to have a, you know, a full-on mushroom journey. You don't really need any of that stuff in a Joe Dispenza event. That was um, something that I would take on your average day, just going to work, um, kind of brain enhancement, really. Uh, but that really, I think, helped contribute uh, to my absolutely beautiful experience. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that more later because we've got one tomorrow. And then uh, there was really just working with, I guess what you would say, to put it in the most simple terms, was how to deal with persistent problems in your life from a higher level perspective and how to uh, find remedies for them on an energetic level rather than trying to affect matter with matter. So during a lot of the meditations and a lot of his work, what I find to be really useful, and he covered this today, uh, very simply, um, but effectively, and that is imagining the thoughts and feelings you have around a troubling situation. Like I have something in my life right now that is less than ideal, and it's a persistent issue that keeps coming up in terms of my business. And so I thought about, oh, okay, all the thoughts I have around it uh, are very negative, <laughs> the feelings I have around it. So what are the opposite feelings? And it sounds really kind of basic and simplistic, like that wouldn't work. But when you're in these deep states of meditation and your consciousness is altered and you go in and evoke feeling and thought that are opposite of that negativity and you're in that quantum space where you're beyond your body, matter, physicality, senses, you really can go in and create the experience that you want rather than the one that you have. So that was really powerful for me today. And, uh, and during one of the meditations, I was just contemplating uh, a realization that I kind of had yesterday and throughout today that it, it's not healthy for me to be participating in politics as, <laughs> as an observer on social media and stuff. It's just gotten so out of control. It's just, it's just beyond. And I, I never, ever in my whole life played, paid attention to politics because it's always the same freaking pedophiles in charge anyway. It doesn't really matter who's president. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's a Bush, it's a Clinton, it's an Obama. It's, a, it's just, they're all playing on the same team. So I just never paid attention. I just put my head down, do my spiritual work, uh, and then in 2016, something interesting happened, at least, and so I started paying attention. Uh, and you know, and there's some things that I think weren't great that happened. Some things that are pretty cool, uh, like most of the country losing their faith in the mainstream media, which is totally controlled propaganda and uh, so harmful for our civilization. So it's been a wild ride over the past four years, just kind of observe and like, wow, this is unprecedented. It's just so interesting to observe, and I also. 
uh, am motivated by the fact that I really care about this country. I think it's an amazing country. It's got its faults, of course, and always things that we can do better. But generally speaking, so much good has come out of uh, the United States of America, the old USA. So, you know, um, that's kind of piqued my interest. But also on a more shadow side is the cortisol and like the addiction to negative experiences and feelings and the addiction to like false hope when I think the good guys are winning for a second and just getting caught up in the whole battle. And what I arrived at was that there's nothing I can really do about that and that the work we're doing here and the work that I'm doing on myself is literally for me the biggest contribution I can make. And, you know, being of service to those close to me in my life and those at large like you listening and really just working on myself spiritually and when there's an action to take in the world take it but for me to be on twitter like biting my fingernails fiending out like on political crack is just not healthy for me so i'm making a commitment i'm not going to make a hard line because i don't want to set myself up to fail but uh adding to the duality (laughs) of the human experience in that way is, is not helping me at all. And there's really nothing I can do about these things. So I'm just going to keep going my way. And out of that, the realization came because I started thinking about, well, how can I, how can I love all of these evil people that run the world? Um, I don't need to name them, but just all of them. Okay. (laughs) Just everyone that's ever been in in charge of anything in this country. uh, I just think are inherently very evil and corrupt. And so, um, you know, the thought came to me, maybe it was from the mind of God, really, that God created evil. And this is a conversation we don't have time for in the context of this conversation. But as God separates itself from oneness, it creates duality. And this is all part of the karmic wheel and the cycle of expression as God differentiates itself into duality, light, dark, cold, hot, good, bad, because in the state of pure love, pure God, pure oneness, there exists no evil. So therefore, according to my realization, this is all part of the plan. And it gives us an opportunity to choose and build karmic merit. You know, we all have the option to be a total piece of shit person. Uh, And we also have the option to work our way toward being an angelic archangel. You know, we're really given the gift of a wide spectrum uh, using our free will. And our free will isn't even really free will because we're sort of thrown into this game. So that was a huge realization for me. And in summary, uh, we also did uh, a remote healing, coherence healing, uh, where you hold people's photos that have applied to be the subjects of said healings do some special meditations around that and also a beautiful walking uh, sunset meditation on the beach. And again, today, my body went into this incredible energetic experience where it is moving and undulating on its own and I'm just not stopping it. I'm not making it happen. It's just doing what it does. So I had some really powerful breakthroughs and spiritual experiences today uh, using the different techniques and you know, really listening to the meditations and uh, it was a very, very uplifting and um, and just a groundbreaking day for me. I, it's like, I think if anyone was going to do anything in the personal development or spiritual scene, uh, this would be by far my top recommendation, just in terms of the transformations I've witnessed in myself and in others this week. And just the energy here uh, is just absolutely incredible. It's like nothing I've ever seen, honestly, especially outside of 
you know, plant medicine ceremonies and things like that. I mean, this is something like my dad's here. He's in his seventies, albeit he's, he's finding some of it a little weird. <laughs> I thought, I actually thought he would think it, I didn't think he would think it, it's this weird, but that's because I'm super weird. So this is all just normal to me. People falling over, going into convulsions because they're having a Kundalini awakening. He's kind of looking around going, uh, what? <laughs> Today, I think he said, he was like, my hands were burning or numb or something. He's like, what the hell is going on? And I, I kind of forget he doesn't have these type of experience on the, on the reg. But man, to just walk in and have people from all walks of life have some really profound experiences uh, is really incredible to participate in and to bear witness of. So I'm going to hand the mic off to Allison. She just keeps flooring me with her her insights. And every day she's got the most amazing notes and it's been really incredible to kind of share this journey with her. And I look forward every day to this part uh, of the day where I get to get kind of, you know, her experience, which is always much different from mine and really fascinating. So with that, my love, I will hand it off to you. Mm. All right. So yeah, I'll just keep mine short and sweet. Um, The theme of just more love, pure, but specifically pure love uh, just keeps opening up for me more and more. And uh, I think the second, yeah, the second changing boxes meditation was the one that was really profound for me. I don't really have the energy in me right now to get into the specifics of the old box that I was very clear on wanting and needing to leave behind and the new box that I was very ready to step into, but I had uh, extreme clarity in all of that. And then with Dr. Joe guiding us. Um, it was just, yeah, it was a game, game changing meditation for me because at the end, like I think it felt like in the last one to two minutes, just right in the tail end, the whole journey had been powerful for me. I'd been getting, uh, you know, understandings and I was really tuning into the new frequency in the quantum field that I was ready to embody and experience so that I could change boxes and release that old one. Um, but it was right at the end where out of nowhere, God, goddess, source, uh, the divine, whatever we want to call it, uh, showed me this very clear vision of two people sitting on a bench and a wallet on the ground. And, you know, clearly one of the two people it had fallen out of their back pocket or purse. And, and I said, you know, what does this have to do with what I'm here for, you know, these boxes that I'm changing, what, what, what is this all about? And God, Goddess spoke to me really clearly and instantaneously. And they said, this is your feeling. And so I walked toward the two people on the bench with the wallet on the ground. And I realized as I was leaning to pick that wallet up in the vision I'm having in the quantum realm is I'm reaching to pick up the wallet to hand it to you know the people sitting there. I realized it was that specific feeling that source was instructing me. If you tune into this frequency, you will be able to change these boxes like right now. Like this is the the golden key to your golden door. It's this specific feeling. And I know that might not make total sense to you all listening because I didn't give the full context of the old box and the new box, 
but it was just, um, I'm just really, really grateful. So just wanted to speak it out loud so I could express my gratitude out loud because the last thing I'll share is if you can think about, you know, how great that feeling is when you see that someone has dropped their wallet and they're oblivious to it and you get to be the person, right? That like scoops their wallet up and keeps it safe and then taps them on the shoulder to like hand it to them. And think about that precise moment when your eyes lock and your both of your beings register that you know, you're giving the wallet back and they're getting their wallet back. And it's such a, an important, you know, prized possession that has a lot of important things in it. And the, the heart swelling that happens for both people, right? The receiver and the giver. And, um, so yeah, I just, like I said, incredibly grateful to have been given that gift that if I just hone in on what that kind of moment, that specific moment what that would evoke inside of me and inside of my heart to feel that's the specific zap of frequency feeling that I need to focus on in order to continue drawing the new box uh, into my life experience. So um, yeah, uh, that's that. And uh, I guess the last little nuggets, um, you know, and, and just giving people more, more and more love and opening up my heart more and more and understanding, um, the truer embodiment of being pure love more and more. It's like, even when, you know, people might be frustrating or, um, you know, saying hurtful things, critical things, uh, things that just, uh, you, you know, you can tell they're stuck in old programming or old, old brainwashing or or whatever. It's just that you need to focus on loving them into life. Just how much more can I open my heart? How much more pure love can I embody to send to them? And I just, I've really been loving having that be my focus um, to just like stay laser, laser clear. And like, I'm here to be even more masterful in love and sending, especially, I mean, in all capacities, but especially in sending people love that maybe previously, um, you know, I would have been angered at or frustrated by because um, they're operating from their pain body and, and you know, doing things that I would deem um, bizarre or hurtful or just ridiculous rather than getting defensive or frustrated. It's just like, wow, that person is in a pretty extreme state of pain. And then if I analyze it further, like there was one instance today um, when I was analyzing a certain person's behavior and I thought, huh, what they're saying shows to me that they have been programmed in some way. So when we were in the walking meditation, I was sending this person who said a really... Um, you know, a pretty ridiculous and hurtful thing on my social media account. I just, I truly, from a true genuine place, I was truly sending that person love and I was sending love to the programming that has their brain just all amok and sending love <laughs> to uh, the TV for, you know, the brainwashing it does. And I was just, I was just, just so powerful to just blast all those lower realm circuitries with such high powerful love, you know, especially doing those walking meditations with 1000 other people and you're just in that really potent field. So I don't know, I'm just really enjoying 
the uh, greater mastery of uh, pure love. Do you find it impossible to describe the pineal meditation? <laughs> like I was, I was trying to like come up with some words to explain. What, I don't even know what happened. Just all those, what is it? Four hours or something went by, and like if you were like pinned me down the lie detector, I don't think I could tell you what happened. No, it was just bizarro land. Did you have any concrete memories or takeaways from that? It was more, yeah, just super states of brain activity, uh, spaces and, and states in my brain that I don't think one dips into to that level and capacity very often. So no, I'm not able to um, clearly articulate it other than being in that quantum field and getting your brain into those states, it truly does create a sense of timelessness because I can do my work very fast, very efficiently. I can tap into source, other realms, other dimensions on demand instantaneously. So when I do that, I'm able to get in there, talk to who I want to talk to or receive whatever vision, download, auditory message, whatever is going on. It happens very fast for me. So I personally don't tend to gravitate to guided meditations or practices that are hours and hours long. They're just not necessary for me typically. So I wasn't sure how I would feel about this one this morning, but I was shocked when he, you know, told us to sit up and said, it is now, you know, 837 in the morning. And we had started at 4am. So it was very close to a five hour long meditation. I was really flabbergasted. It did not feel that long. I would have guessed maybe two, maybe just because I knew it was like the far out long day, I would have maybe just tacked on an extra 30, you know, but I would have never (laughs) guessed five. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty wild. I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. I just, I don't know. I always feel like I want to come out of something with some nugget of wisdom for myself or something to share. But with that, it was just like super, super deep space nine, just like floating around in the ethers. Um, but it's also, you're very tired and you're all in that melatonin vibe. And, uh, yeah, you're just floating in the ethers and then, and then he'll just say, sit up now, get in your chairs now. And you're like down on the floor and just, you just were in these altered states that you've never been in. And then you're trying to like find in the dark, like find your chair. And I almost fell over at one point because I just was so discombobulated trying to get myself back up in that chair. And then you go straight into a different form, a different method of like breathing or focusing on a certain energy center, AKA chakra. And it's just, yeah, it was a really, and then you just do that, get down, get, get told to get back up, get down, get told get, to get back up. I think at least four exchanges. Yeah, I think it was four rounds of that. So it's uh, it was a wild, beautiful ride, but I definitely trust and know that even when I don't come back like that changing boxes meditation, I had a very tangible takeaway, like a specific source given vision and auditory message. And it was like, bingo, bango, got it. Golden key indoor, I'm, across the threshold into the other land, we're good. Even when they're not like as concrete and clear as that, I still know there's so much taking place in the circuitry and threads and just every fiber of our being. So it's kind of fun to be in that just like what the hell happened world too. Yeah, it is. I loved it. Well, I know what the hell's about to happen now. We got to go to bed. We're getting up at 3.30 again tomorrow. Can't wait for it. And, um, 
Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be back with our with our uh, final day report tomorrow if we've got it in us. <laughs> and with that, we sweepy. We're gonna go to bed. Night. Well, my darling, Allison, and those still tuned in to this uh, extensive field report, we just wrapped up day seven, and we're we're giving each other the proverbial high five and big deep hug. Uh, Oh my God, what what a day! I you know we obligated ourselves to finish this. These reports, but I don't know where you you seem to have a lot of notes from today. I'm just like I'm blissed out. I'm just I just want to lay on the beach naked, roll around, and thank God for my existence. Uh, but we do have a report, so I'll give as close as I can a report as to what happened for me this week in culmination and also today. So today started, of course, uh, waking up at three uh, thirty going into the room for the pineal meditation at 4 a.m. That wrapped up around 8.30. And I got to say, I mean, I've had some pretty profound experiences in my spiritual journey, but I have never, ever had the depth of meditative experience that I had today. Just quite immediately was able to drop into... The void, get past the void, the void meaning where there's, you know, you've lost contact with the body, thoughts have ceased for the most part, emotions have ceased, and there's just kind of an observer peering into the blackness and depth of consciousness. And then past that point, of course, as we've been discussing here, is the allness, the everything, everyone, all that, right? And so... There were just long periods in which I was just in complete emptiness and stillness and could feel the, really just the energy moving through my body, but specifically in my brain. It was just like my brain was having a neurogenesis explosion energetically and I could just feel just all of this energy darting around the different areas of my brain. and I had that too. You did, you were getting that? Like on the... Gold yeah, gold. hardcore neuro-regenesis. <laughs> neuro-regenesis. What I was wishing for, I don't know if you thought of this too, but I was like, man, I wish they had me hooked up to an EEG because I'd be so curious to see At if I went in. that exact moment? Yeah, because I definitely was like in full brain um, uh, uh, theta. Like I would be most certain, but I'm curious if I went into that when you're feeling that tingling in the top of your head and it's like, I wonder if that's the the gamma that he's referring to. I don't know. But all I know is at one point, the entire, my entire brain, not just like one region, one lobe, my entire brain became activated in a way I've never felt. And I literally felt like, you know, I'm doing like worm movements with my fingers, like these these lines just appearing and moving through my entire brain. Like I felt like my brain was being remapped and new and reborn. It yeah. was really wild. Yeah, very cool. And again, four and a half hours went by like nothing. 
And even when it when he was about to end, uh, just the logical mind was like, I think he's about to end. But as far as if if you would have not given me that cue, I mean, there's just no way we were there four and a half hours. It's just an incredible speed lapse of time uh, that is just, I don't know, it's really indescribable. I think that's why I'm struggling for the words here. It's those spaces that you, you're able to go to are really just ineffable. There's no way to really describe. It's like it's emptiness, but it's also fullness. And there's a couple of things worth mentioning. Actually, you know, a lot of the kind of beginning levels of this work with Joe is about manifesting the life you want. And that includes manifesting in the world of matter, right? So oh, I want this house. And uh, today for a second, I was, oh, I want to get a barrel sauna in the backyard. And there were a couple of things because when you're in that field, of course, that's where matter generates from, according to uh, Albert Einstein and the theory of relativity and you know speed of light, yada, yada, where all matter originates from the field, from energy. And so you can do that kind of work. But I remember earlier in the week, Joe's like, yeah, and a lot of my advanced students come in wanting to manifest a Ferrari and you know the wife or whatever. And then by the end of the work, they just want to be in that field and just be holding space there and experiencing uh, what he calls the divine, which is not a word that I use. I just, it's just, right. I just want to be with God. But this week I've been manifesting a little, but today I got to that point and I was like, oh shit, I'm in the field so deep right now. I feel like I could manifest anything. And then I almost didn't want to. I didn't even want to engage my my desire self or will self. I just wanted to sit in the and just bask in the glory of that field. Well, that's what his, yeah, his whole point is, is that uh, most people um, think that they want the Ferrari and they want a certain kind of house or beauty products or clothes or whatever. But it's really the the feeling that they're going after. They think that when they get the Ferrari, they're going to feel A, B, and C. They're going to feel um, pumped. They're going to feel joy. They're going to feel gratitude. Uh, so that's that's where it gets a little tricky. But when you start to do this work and when you go into the quantum field, into these these places, and when you're in there, you learn how to generate the most profound deep feelings of gratitude that you've ever felt, then you're already at home and you've already quote unquote won. You've or you already have the Ferrari, the beauty products in the house because you are feeling the deepest gratitude that you've ever felt. So yeah, I think that's why the actual physical thing melts away. Cause you're like, Oh, I have that feeling that I was trying to think I could get from the car, but you never yeah. get it from the car ever. Yeah, totally. We well, get it from the car on the first day and then the second, <laughs> or for the first hour. Yeah. And then you're, this is me. Then I'm driving on the road and I'm like, Oh, there's a black one. I should have got a black one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not so much anymore, but I used to really, really be with that. Uh, another thing worth reflecting on for the week, and I don't, we, you know, we might end up doing like a follow up report and just making this a 25 hour podcast. But um, and I still have to get Maddie to come do the breakdown of the yeah. pineal gland and the DMT release and all that. But uh, you know, looking back on the week, I'm like, holy shit! I actually really struggled the first couple days. You know, with all this 3D stuff happening in life and pain in my body and having a really hard time getting out of my senses and really dropping in. I'm so grateful that I didn't just get frustrated and give up or just be like, you know what, this is just the wrong week to be trying to do this kind of work. I just, I'm going to go do my emails and like make the house shit happen. Uh, I, you know, had a few pretty triggering moments there. Um, 
Just, I think, due to the fact that we're in that room, and I don't want to miss any of the nugs being dropped in there, yet every time I step outside, it's like the home inspection, the loan, the this, the that. And it was just like, ah, this is too much at once. But I, I, I persevered and eventually prevailed. And today was like kind of a reward for me of just really, you know, just spending that four and a half hours in the most blissful state. And also, even though I did today, again, take the same um, psilocybin and uh, heart opening kind of plant medicine uh, microdoses, by no means psychoactive, but also just for me, just knowing like, wow, I really... And learning to have the ability to go into some of these really deep places without any exogenous assistance, you know, because a lot of the stuff I was experiencing, especially in the past couple of days, was the only thing I've ever experienced like that are different, you know, psychedelic or medicine experiences. And I'm, you know, I'm all for that when the set and setting and timing and all that is right. But it's really cool just to know I can sit down within my own body, my own soul, and have tangible practices that can take me to a place that's as deep and productive, but doesn't necessarily require the recovery time and, you know, doing a dieta. Do you know that this is like the best thing I've ever heard in my life? (laughs) She's so stoked. Come out of your mouth. I'm like, oh my God. If this was the only miracle that came out of the Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza advanced retreat, then I would be uh, feeling great. But um, it's just one of the many, but yeah, I've been waiting for you to, you know, I, I know you knew it was possible and you, you know, you see me living that uh, daily. And I just, how many times do you think I've said to you over the last year, like, I just can't wait for you to figure out you don't need that other stuff to, to go where you went with the stuff. Um, So I'm just happy that you're landing in it more and more. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, before I ever did any, you know, had any assistance from the the plant or fungi world or anything, you know, meditating at, for 22 years and trying all kinds of different practices and stuff. And it's not as though I never tapped in. I'm just talking about like the profound depth of experience that I've had this week where I'm just, I'm in that space going, holy shit, I can't believe I'm in here. And so for those listening, Alice and I have had this conversation many times because like a million of her, you know, how her energetics work when she sits at her altar and does her thing. When I first met her, not in a judgmental way, but I was like, wow, she's kind of, she's kind of out there. I dig it. It's just like, she gets pretty, goes on these wild journeys and talks to the animals and spirits and guides. And I've just never had that happen on the natch. I sit down, I have a good meditation. Maybe I do some contemplative reading of spiritual materials. Like I have a nice experience, but I've never been just completely out in the ethers without help other than this week. And a few, I've had some, you know, like new calm. Sometimes I'll use the new calm app and, you know, the software and all that. And I go really deep into theta and I'm like, whoa, I'm having some visuals and having a thing. But this was like, this is, you're just in the presence of God in the allness. I mean, just incredibly powerful during the walking meditation yesterday. I mean, it was like my brain was just lighting up, connected to the heavens, just really deep. So um, it's not that I didn't think I could do it this way. I just knew that I hadn't quite gotten the code yet. I hadn't cracked the yeah, code. Yeah, I was aware of that. I said I said that I know that I knew that you knew you could eventually get there. I was just <laughs> waiting for you to to have that experience so that I don't know so that it yeah. was anchored. Yeah, it's it's very cool. So I think that was 
for me, that was one of the huge takeaways this week is like, yes, I, I'm fucking nailed this thing finally. And there's more to nail all the time, but I, I know for sure I'm at the point now where I'm able to drop in and, um, and that's a really good feeling. And, and it's definitely, uh, related to the experience I had in Austin too, that really cracked something open within my being that opened these channels in a way that have never been opened. So I think that's really, you know, kind of the point, at least for me with some of those peak experiences to, you know, you crack open the door and you've got some help cracking open the door, but then the real practice is how do you take that into your life and integrate that and learn how to access consciousness in that way without necessarily having to go through a whole ceremonial or therapeutic experience um, because that can be taxing and isn't always appropriate for where you are in your life and you know having days to recover and you know it's it's quite an undertaking and also comes with uh, potential side effects and risks as well so yeah this is just like again just such a powerful way for for folks to tap into their inner power and so um having had some challenges this week and just persevered i feel really good about myself i'm just loving who I am right now. And also, um, you know, having the experience with you and it's not like you were anti Joe, but you weren't super, super excited about it. You're just like, Oh, this will be fun. This will be cool. But to watch you really like dive into this work and just give it your all. And and I think to feel for me, the most important thing. And if, uh, well, I don't know if my new podcast ceremony circle will be out by the time this airs, but um, for those of you who do start to listen to that, you will hear me say in every episode that I my most important thing, criteria in picking guests to come on my show is embodiment. Embodiment, embodiment. I will say it over and over again. And uh, so for me, you know, I'd only experienced his work through like using his journeys, meditations on my phone. Right. And I could, I understood the power of them and I and I and I resonated with the work. But to share space with him and to really feel him and his heart and his energy and where he moves from, where he does his work from, the place from which he does all this from, that's what instantly sold me was his embodiment. And so that's what right out of the gate just I was like, this This guy's a legend. He's a master. He really is yeah. a master. And I think one of the hallmarks of a true master is humility. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's very unassuming. And I think like we've discussed, if if you were new to his guided meditations, you're like, what is up with the weird voice? And you know, like the package of Joe Dispenza, he's not walking around in a beard and an orange robe and oming. He's just like a regular guy, right? A really smart, regular guy. Um, but but I agree his his attention to detail and just it's just you know the passion that he puts into refining the model it's like every you know every intensive the meditations are tweaked a little bit he does you know quantitative analysis and collects data on the practices that he's developing um, and that keeps improving them and you know he doesn't have to do that he could just walk in the room and just do the same old thing and people would still have a great experience but he keeps refining it and i think there's um there's a lot to be said for that level of open mindedness and continuing yes. to just dig and dig and dig and and perfect the model well yeah the and formula exactly and that's how i've i mean i'm not trying to whatever toot my own horn here but that's how and you know this that's how i've always done my work too and the hundreds of events, gatherings I've done since, uh, you know, 
uh, my shamanic path went public, I've, I can honestly say there have never been any two talks, events, gatherings, ceremonies ever alike because I am living by the calls and I'm surrendering into and speaking to great spirit and great mother earth. What is needed on this day? I'm talking to the moon. Like what, what are you wanting us to work on with you today? Like I'm, I'm tuning into, and we're, we're evolutionary beings, you know, we're, we're changing every day. I know for those of us that are on the path, we're, we are literally changing by the millisecond, especially right now, the energy is just um, (laughs) so sped up. And so, you know, I, again, yeah, that's another thing I really respected about him was, was learning that he yeah is constantly refining and attuning and and shifting the practices and shifting what these advanced retreats uh, hold within them and, and I just yeah I am I really love Dr. Joe. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to roll on another one and and also I think one of the big takeaways that's exciting for me is you know I have a crap load of these uh, meditations on my on my phone and the VLC app that I purchased off his site. And now he has new ones I'm excited to get, but, and I do them and I I feel like I'm pretty successful at dropping in, but now, now something is flipped in me where I'm just like the minute they start, I just go Mm -hmm. most of the time. And there's not a lot of fight or resistance and I just patiently allow myself to go in there. So I, I feel like there's a skill to this that has definitely been improved. So I'm looking forward to... Uh, continuing my commitment, which I actually started in Austin post toad ceremony. I just, every day I was like, I need to do these long ass Joe meditations. And I would go so deep and I was like, yes, something like I've cracked the code here. It's been cracked for me. So I'm looking forward to really, really making this part of my routine. Cause I'm just seeing the transformation in the people here and, and in myself. And after years of Vedic meditation and Kundalini yoga and all the things that got me here, this is just, it's the next evolutionary practice for me that I'm really resonating with. And I'm sure it's likely I'll do this for a period of time and I'll find some other thing. I just sit there and do whatever, you know, it's like, this is the thing for me for right now. And, um, so I'm very grateful for that. And a funny thing happened too. And then I, I want to hear some of you took copious notes. So I want to get some specifics. I know we're also, uh, we're about to go to dinner. I mean, yeah. That's all right. I'm going to be quick. And then, you know, when we get back from dinner, we can continue with our day seven report. Okay. Uh, But the thing that's funny is, you know, I deleted Twitter from my phone. You know, I don't want to set myself up for failure and make like a hard stop of political social media uh, sobriety, I guess you could say, or abstinence. But, um, you know, I I did make some steps, and I'm just like it's it's game over now. <laughs> it's just it, the bad guys are in charge, and it's just it's the way. I don't know. I don't know what any one person like me can do about that. It just makes me crazy to watch. You know, the tyranny that we're experiencing. So I decided, you know what? I'm just opting out. I'm going to work on myself, work on uh, you know helping others, and that's it. But I did open my phone and I, I had to message um, Kelly Brogan, who I'm hoping to do an interview with when we're in Miami this week. And, uh, and I'm also in David Wolf's uh, Telegram channel, which is like a feed of social commentary, let's just say. And it's, it's pretty, pretty radical. And I have to say, I agree with most of it. It's just pro-freedom kind of anti-communism sort of threads. And, uh, and I didn't really want to know about current events. Like I understand what happened in... Washington on the 6th and what a shit show that was in every way. And I'm just like, okay, game over. I'm out. This is just getting ridiculous. Uh, But I did look at the feed and I'm like, wow, like they just 
Apple today just banned Parler. Uh, you can't get Parler on your iPhone. Uh, Google banned it. They're deplatforming tons of uh, you know alternative media sources, and I'm just going, wow, this is not good. This is the slippery slope. And if you know anything about history, and I don't know that much, but I do have a fundamental understanding of how totalitarian communist regimes come to power, and the first thing they do is silence dissent, um, and the next thing they do is is remove the citizens the citizenry. How do you say that? They get rid of the guns. Um, and, you know, not to be paranoid, but it's just, if you just look at the pattern throughout, you know, every empire, and I really got the sense like, wow, we are kind of on, we're on that, the edge of that empire failure that is common throughout history. And it kind of happens the same way. A civilization gets fat and lazy and spoiled and, you know, tyranny abounds and next thing you know you have uh, however many you know centuries of oppression <laughs> and death and destruction this is where my mind this goes. episode took a turn <laughs> no 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 there is a point to it there's a point to it my what the point is that my mind took a turn and i you know i was given the insight like luke there's nothing you can do about this shit just go inward go to god go to service do your thing you don't need to pay attention to the noise because it's just going to drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, just look at this one thing. It's kind of like when I used to be like, I'll just have one line of Coke tonight and a couple beers and I'll be fine. And, you know, next thing you know, my whole life is unraveled within, you know, six days later or something. So it's just a reminder. Yeah, it's just, it's game over. It's, um, you know, just buckle up and, and just be mindful of your consciousness because things are so wacky now. There's no point really for me to pay attention. So that was a great, a great lesson in that. And, you know, I went from being like really positive and like, oh my God, it's amazing. I love my life to like, okay, the country's falling, you know, the empire's falling within a matter of minutes. So it was a good reminder as to why I made that decision. And also I was really able to just bounce back and get back to center. I observed that like spin out Mm -hmm. of okay, we got to get more ammunition. We got to get water. You know, like I'm just- Every I'm, time you come to me and you're like, all I know is, you know, got to get more food, water. I was like, what? what what's, we got to get what, to Texas. What's happening? Like, where are we going you'll with the be, food and water? You'll be like, glad when the zombie apocalypse <laughs> rolls through our freaking Austin. Oh, um, I, I, okay. But yeah, so I went from like, we got to get to Texas with our guns and ammo and, you know, a couple of steers in the freezer now. <laughs> and a generator and an underground bunker to like, you know what? Like that is all duality. That is all the play. That is yes. all Maya. That is all God expressing itself in all of these funny ass ways. Uh, and if I can really ride that wave, then I can do my good in the world, continue to build karmic merit and continue to uplevel my consciousness and bring anyone with me that chooses to come. And so, uh, I will be continuing as best I can on the the uh, you know news fasting and uh, and just doing the work and that's all I have to say and you know feel free to give however much of your report you want to or can before we split here to go meet pops for dinner and we can always come back and yeah. do another excerpt later if you want. Yeah, I think that I just want to share uh, this. Yeah, second uh, four a.m. meditation was really such a glorious ride. It was so beautiful for me to, to feel the divine energy. You know, there, there, 
towards, I heck, I don't even know. I don't know if we we're one or two hours into it, but I just at one point started to feel the divine current, the divine energy so beautifully moving and swirling and dancing around the room. And it, it was like, I could feel and see it going to this person and, and, you know, entering in and providing to that person, whatever they needed at this exact moment, and then swirling over to the next person, you know, and it just moving and dancing around the room giving each soul exactly what they needed this morning. And it was so neat to tap into that and so profound. I I won't get into too many details because it's obviously a very sacred space, but just to hear, especially today, all the people having their awakening moments. And, and, And if you've ever been to a Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat, you understand what I'm saying. It's very loud and clear when they're happening, I will just say. And, you know, I just, every time someone would have that explosion of that awakening. I was just sending them so much love and just so excited for them that there's another, even more connected, aligned, conscious, awake, loving being on the planet. You know, Not that they weren't those things before, but now they're that to a whole nother level. So I was just celebrating in every person and especially hearing so many men having theirs uh, the last couple of days, but especially this morning, that just felt so much, there's just so much extra power in that for me, just because, you know, I think on the consciousness path, the the women have been a bit ahead of the men uh, for, for a little while. And so I just, I love seeing, feeling, hearing when, when a man is connecting to his heart and, and letting his spiritual truths awaken. So those are a couple things. I think um, I'll share the rest when we get back, but okay, yeah. So I had my, you know, something that I want to, things that I want to add to my life practice and some things that I want to minimize or get rid of. Did you have a takeaway today of anything? You're like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to do this thing anymore. Like what, what was something that you uncovered? Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, I have those in my notes. Oh, that's in your to be continued? Yeah. All right, we'll do yeah. another, we'll do a, a continued report on the day six and whole week summary later then. Yeah, I think that would be good. God knows we don't want to keep my dad waiting. He, oh. My dad's always like 10 hours early for everything. It was super, yeah. <laughs> I did not inherit that. And it, I, maybe that's why I, like, I find that annoying when people are super early. It's like a childhood thing. So my dad, we had to be somewhere, you know, early in the morning, we're going fishing or something. He's like, all right, we're going to leave at six. He'd be, he'd be like at 5.30 going, all right, let's go. And I'm like, dude, so we're leaving at six. You know, it's just like, it's like military precision early. God bless him. Love him for it. Not so much. But um, <laughs> anyway, we're going to go. We'll be back later. So here we are as our continuation of day six. We had to go grab a bite to eat and we are back with Allison's full report. Take it away, dear. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So I got partway through it talking about how the energy was moving. Right. Yes. And so one of the cool things for me in this morning's very long meditation was a big heart opening. So as I have shared, um, I've had a couple of very clear focused intentions all week and Aligning with pure love has been one of them. And while we were doing all the different uh, maneuverings uh, this morning, out of nowhere, I started feeling different zaps and things in my body. 
And I was kind of bracing myself a little bit. I, I thought I was about to enter into one of those full on, you have no control over your body kind of yelling and frozen. The bit. spiritual seizure. Yeah, we can call it that. And I was like, okay, okay. I, I, I think I even said to myself, here we go. You know, I was just like getting ready. But what was interesting, it was just mainly heart-based and I felt this energy go right up into the center of my chest, right in the middle of my heart chakra. And then there was this significant, uh, and it sounded like it made an, an outwardly loud sound as it did it. I don't know if that's true, but I heard it and felt it in my body and my heart chakra just went and just like popped open. And it was this it, like a champagne bottle popping open? Yeah, it was... It was popping str- bubs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> popping those chakras. Um, yeah, it was very pronounced. And uh, I instantly felt this like rush of new energy and breath. And it was really beautiful to feel, you know, just the culmination. You know, you set that intention and then you feel it working in different ways on a mind, body, spirit, soul level. And then today on this last final day, you know, to feel whatever that blockage or, you know, thing, stuck energy, stagnant energy was that um, was in my heart, just totally get popped right out. I just felt really right. And I think I, yeah, I already talked about my brain being (laughs) reconfigured, no big deal. And to answer your question, uh, that you asked right before we went to dinner, uh, I think it was like, what did you work? What did you work on? Or yeah, what breakthroughs did you have in, in areas you were stuck? You know, I had a couple awakenings that were I saw a couple blind spots and made some changes and adjustments around that. And you've shared a little bit of some things that you noticed. I think um, to refresh your memory and something you said to me that was intriguing. It was around. A uh, very uh, well hidden victim sort of mm-hmm. attitude or something. I think you were mentioning about that. That I actually, when you brought that up, I started thinking about my tendency to complain about things from a victimized standpoint of like, why does this always happen to me? Like, oh, it's so getting frustrated with stuff. And I never thought of it in that way, but I love how you framed that earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was because I've always watched, well, by always, I mean for many, many years, because when I did archetype work long time ago, uh, for anyone who's done that, you know, there's a big archetype wheel um, with the main houses. And in the house of my highest potential is the victim archetype. So I really have to watch that one because if it goes into shadow mode, it can be a detriment to me being in my highest potential. So it's one that I feel like I've had a pretty darn good awareness and grip on for a long time. Nice shot. I saw that. Thank you. That was a, that was a hole in one. It's because we just went <laughs> yeah. to the game room, the arcade. Yeah. We just got back from after dinner. We found out that our hotel has this incredible arcade that we had zero awareness of the whole week. Indoor well, mini we golf, busy. indoor bowling, um, giant size Pac-Man and Skee-ball, Galaga. air hockey. Did you ever say that? No, I didn't, but we did all the we things. We crushed it. All these crazy new shoot 'em up games, and that, I wasn't too into those. Yeah, you didn't like killing like robots <laughs> and aliens. I was pretty into it, but anyway, I just threw a pair. I rolled a pair of socks and chucked them across the room, hole in one in the open suitcase, way across the room. <laughs> Shit was badass. Michael Jordan of the hotel room. <laughs> okay, um, so back to the victim stuff. Uh, 
so while I've had a, a very strong awareness around this archetype, man, I realized during this week how sneaky and hidden the victim can be. And it was actually when we were recording, you know, the other night, um, some stuff really came up for you. <laughs> And um, <laughs> that was funny. It was, and so we stopped recording, and then there was a very unexpected and abrupt um, conversation that ensued. And then from that unexpected conversation, that I got super triggered, and then we attempted to record. I mean, what you guys just listened to before this was that part portion, <laughs> which I couldn't stand because... It was the one from yesterday. Yeah, the one from yesterday because it was like a retake and I was just in such a triggered state. I stayed completely silent. If you go back and listen, you'll hear that I didn't say a word the entire time while this is, you were this talking. This is Luke and Allison. Um, both having a mutual <laughs> trigger moment and like, well, the show must go on. Let's hit record, just make the best of it. Right. Funny now, but I, even this morning, um, you know, so we we talked our way through it, but anyone who, you know, does shadow work and works through triggers, like some of them can just be extra sticky. And so even this morning when we got up at 3.30, I could still feel that trigger still uh, a bit alive inside of me headed to the meditation. And what I would venture to guess would be like the first two to three hours of that five-hour meditation, I was still in that mode of not really loving what you had to say and, and, and not really loving how it made me feel. But then also, you know, I always take a very honest look at things. So I was still taking an honest look uh, to to see the validity and then getting up in my head. So from that trigger and from that stress response, then what we tend to do as humans is get up into our heads because all of those stress response hormones are going off and then our brain tries to analyze and then you start to get in that loop. So I was really watching, you know, even with Joe on stage guiding us in this powerful last pineal meditation, the work for me. And I wasn't stressing it because I know it surfaced for us last night for a reason. You know, I knew there was no coincidence that a lot of his work is unpacking these programs. And he really talks a lot all week about, you know, how the victim sees a challenge as a problem and the empowered person, the initiator sees you know, a challenge as like, what door do I need to access for the solution, you know, or yeah, to heal or to alchemize? Opportunity to learn. Yeah. Opportunity a to lesson. Learn. Yeah. So I was just in that dance of like watching me get, get in the gumminess and the stick and the stickiness of like, of, of feeling like a victim of wanting to blame you like, oh, I didn't like how he handled that. I didn't like how what he <laughs> said, you know, just pointing yeah. the finger. Yeah. Um, and uh, so blame me. And then, you know, I mean, I've talked about this as nothing like I try to keep hidden. But one of my things, it's not like a huge deal, but I get a little pouty sometimes. You know, I just kind of let myself have that space when I don't like something. I just, you know, and I'll exaggerate a little bit because I know that I'm doing it. 
Um, but I saw that poutiness and just that like, this isn't like, I don't like this. And, and, <laughs> and in all of that dance, I was like, oh, wow, this is just another form of the victim. Wow. You know, like pouty, this isn't fair, this isn't right, whatever. Um, and then what I noticed, what was so distinct it, it was, I think I keep saying this word, but it was, it was the stickiness of it. And I thought, oh, wow, for this particular trigger. And when I get into a, a victim mode that's in more shadow operation, it has a stickier and longer grip and hold on me than what I realized. Mm -hmm. And so... Same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. It was really powerful work. And so I just literally for two or three hours kept asking myself over and over. I would feel the blamey. I would feel the pout. I would feel the victimy. And I'd be like, but what, what, what is the door? You know, like mm -hmm. what door do I need to go through? I must have asked myself, but what is the door 50 times? And then just by staying with it and staying in the process and staying in the dance and just trusting and being patient, I eventually two to three hours in, I, you know, got a lot of clarity and the clarity was just like the simplest thing. It always comes back to how can you open your heart a little bit more and just get back to love? And I was just like, oh my God, it took me three hours to get back to like, you know, the most basic truth. You know, it's funny you brought that up because I was just, just because I feel like I have totally abandoned my social media this week, which has been a great practice for me, but I like to stay in touch with the world. And uh, I was just doing a post and I didn't give a lot of thought, but I just thought kind of what was my takeaway from this week? And I was posting a photo of us. Just because it's been, you know, aside from that moment we had last night. <laughs> well, even uh, that was beautiful I mean, and what, needed. No, it's great. It's great. But I'm saying like, we've just been like love and light, having fun, beautiful meditations, walks on the beach. I mean, it's been idyllic in every way. Mm -hmm. That was a little bit of an uncomfortable moment that we obviously worked through. But I just thought, oh, this is a great picture. I've always wanted to post this. And then I started posting something to the effect like, wow, amazing week, really enjoying the Joe Dispenza thing, yada, yada. And, you know, the takeaway is it's really all about love. And then I thought, oh, here come the trolls saying like, oh, that's spiritual bypassing. But it's like, really, when you look at it from the lens that you're observing this phenomenon, it's like, okay, so, you know, each of us have a past trauma, say, right? There's mm -hmm. an experience we've had in the past that left an imprint in our brain. And at that time of that imprint, it was a trauma where there was a mini trauma, micro trauma, Ongoing or mega trauma. Yeah, or mega trauma. And it left an imprint. And the brain is designed to remember something like that. So if that ever happens to you again, your body gets a signal to produce cortisol, adrenaline, the stress hormones, right? And so it can get ready to fight or flight and get the fuck out of there and make sure you don't get hurt in that same way again. You know, it's a beautiful gift that the creation has given us mm -hmm. to be wired to avoid pain and not to be dumbasses and keep walking off the same cliff or jumping in front of the same bear over and over again. But when it comes to the the bypassing piece and like, oh, it's all love and light, like just ignore the fact that the whole, the whole country seems to be imploding into communism or whatever it is that troubles me. It's that it actually is embracing that shadow that helps us get back to love and going straight to love with just 
skipping over the fact that yes, I'm triggered. Yes, I had a trauma. Let's let's observe what I was reminded of. Let's observe how the mind is making up a story about this current situation and imprinting the past blueprint on it, even though it's likely not the same thing. If you would have seen the dance that Luke and I were in, you know, last night, this morning, this afternoon, and just like doing exactly what you're just explaining, like really being honest, transparent, vulnerable, feeling, taking honest looks ourselves and and with each other. Because even though I didn't like what you had to say, I thought, well, huh, you know, I trust you. And if you're saying that you think part of it is your own shit, but you also felt at times there was like a truth hitting your heart that I was, you know, doing the thing you said I was doing. I I was just like, gosh, as much as I just don't want to think that that's true, maybe there there's something going on that I'm unconsciously aware of. And so, yeah, when you pull all those little tiny threads and take hours of healthy adult conversation, uh, you know, to to really as consciously as you can do the work. That's the last thing that you can call bypassing. Yeah. That's the work. And that work is also getting back to love. love yes. It's getting back into your heart and even, and what we're talking about, you guys, I mean, it doesn't bear getting into the details, but it's kind of funny because essentially we were sitting down to do one of these daily reports and <laughs> I was just getting a weird vibe from her and I got sort of triggered and turned off slash upset, hurt. And I was like, this isn't working. And I stopped the recording. Basically what I thought was like funny <laughs> and just saying funny things. He thought I was making fun I was of getting him. Or, hurt. And yeah. I don't know if it was legitimate or not. What I do know is that I started the dialogue with, hey, listen, like I just need to share something with you right now. And I believe what I said was, "I'm this is 90 to 99% an old pattern that I'm just hurt by. And it's just a very niche pattern. It's just an experience I had in my past that would probably never come up in any dynamic except sitting down with my partner and trying to share the creation of some media, right? Right. And so thankfully, and that's the love of myself to go, you know what? I can be vulnerable here. I can be honest with myself. I can be honest with you. That's love. And that's also shadow work. Yeah. See, it's like, I love you. I'm not going to be like blaming you and getting in your face and like accusing you and being the victim. I'm starting out by saying, hey, I really think this is my shit and I need to just be vulnerable here and take the risk that you could have gotten triggered and turned on me and did something even more hurtful or anger or closed your heart or stormed out of the room or whatever. Not like you would storm out of the room. It's not in your nature, but things could have escalated or gotten much worse if I hadn't had the courage to take care of myself. And it was an act of self-love to really stop and go, Ooh, this feels off. And I'm pretty sure it's not your fault. No one, it's no one's fault. It's just what I'm experiencing, you know? And then from there we start to unpack. And then what was, you know, as you said, was kind of ironically hilarious that then you got triggered about something for your past out of that. Yeah, I used to be a a radio host (laughs) for a hip hop station for many years and God bless him and God bless the whole thing because everything's divine. But my former co-host, I really, especially towards the end, you know, it was a hardcore struggle in that studio. We were both the morning show hosts for, so for hours, every single day, it was just the two of us in that studio. And it got really gnarly energetically, emotionally, mentally. Um, So I left that job. And so, yeah, so then what you shared then brought back these triggered trauma spots in me that I didn't even know were still in me and still imprinted in me. Because again, unless I'm 
co-hosting a show with a male, I don't think it would have been brought up. And so, yeah, it was this bizarre, but divinely perfect because it goes so along with Joe's work. Yeah. You know? And also just, you know, even, even though you or I might be triggered in that moment and can't think logically. And I think in your case, at least last night and knowing a few women in my life, there needs to be an expression of those feelings and a getting them out and voicing mm-hmm. and, you know, physically, verbally, whatever, before like a conversation can be had to just get over it real quick. Cause I can generally get over stuff real quick. So I just want to get back to center and I just kind of need to say something real quick and then I'm over it. I'm done. I'm ready to move on. You need a little more time to process. But in any case, it was beautiful for both of us after we kind of just cooled off to look at, okay, what just happened? I mean, you could draw a diagram with with four little boxes. Okay, something happened in the past. It's stuck in my memory. This is what I was saying earlier. Uh, something just happened that reminded me on a conscious or unconscious level of that thing in the past. So in order for my body and mind to protect itself, it filled my goddamn bloodstream and brain full of stress chemicals. Now I feel crazy and pissed or hurt. And literally all that's happened is some glands in your body just went... And just squirted some chemicals into your bloodstream. And then, as you as you so wisely said, then the mind goes, hmm, I don't like the feeling of these chemicals in my blood. Let me figure out how to make the pain stop. My and gosh. then it goes into rumination and the rumination uh-huh. causes you more stress and causes the release of more cortisol and more adrenaline. So, yeah, as you keep analyzing, you're not finding any real solutions. Yeah. And you're just getting more <laughs> upset and more. you're creating more stress by trying to figure out how to stop the stress. It's... And it's uh... And again, I'm going to go to the the, the, the spiritual bypass trolls, <laughs> you know, because it pisses me off. But there's a misunderstanding about like what it means to get back to love. The solution to that, and this is what we learned this week, or it was further cemented into my awareness, was when you're in that stress response, the way to reverse that is by eliciting oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, all of the feel-good chemicals that your body can create on demand when you decide to tell your body to make them. And that is getting back in your heart and getting back in right mind, in God's mind and unifying and harmonizing those energy centers, which is the work we're doing here. So it's such a beautiful opportunity in real time to go, let's put this shit to the test. We're both a little wonky here. No big deal. I mean, we could easily just forget about it, but like, let's because it showed up, there's a reason it showed up, as you said. So let's dive in and apply the work to it. And that's what you got to do this morning. I was already totally out of it. So my experience this morning was just love and light bliss because I had I had somehow, you know, like meandered my way through the shadowy parts of it pretty quick. And just, well, I think you know, I could feel there was still something there. There was something still, to work with. There was still something that needed to be seen. So even after we got out of that five-hour meditation, when we were down eating breakfast, that's when I honestly and vulnerably said to you, you know, there there might be some truth to what you said. And if I am unconsciously doing that and unconsciously behaving in that way, then I really need to get to the root of that. I need to get to the bottom of that. Like, why am I doing that? You know, I really need to figure that out, I think was exactly what I said. And then What led us or led me to the final download of the solution was then when you said to me, well, you know, it might not even be me. It might be, what did you say? Something like, I might be reminding you of... Yeah, I might be reminding you of a past trauma, of a past hurt. 
And then that's when all of a sudden I started remembering all of my years in the studio and towards the end, just how gnarly it got. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I think I had that program really stuck in me and imprinted and I didn't realize it. Yeah. And then the love again in it is having appreciation for being triggered, even as uncomfortable it is for a period of time. Huge medicine. Because then what did it do? You know, now we have the benefit. We just had the most fun night ever. That'd be one of the most fun times I've ever had with you going to a stupid game arcade. Like I would never walk in a place like that. I'd be like, hey, too much blue light and EMF, not fun. (laughs) You know, like I would have all these control freak, you know, issues with that. And you were like, hey, let's go in there. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I had so much fun with you. And that getting back to love was possible because we were both willing to just kind of walk across the hot coals together a little bit and get a little funky and sticky and and use it as an opportunity to um, to use alchemy to really yeah. go inside and go, oh, wow, there's a little hidden nook and cranny there that we can get inside of and shine the light of love in and and heal. And perhaps neither one of us will have that same experience together or with other people in a similar situation. And if we, and if we were to have it, we'll know so quickly what it is. Ah, this is that thing. Remember right. this, this nuanced little trigger that we experienced together and we'll probably be able to move through it much quicker. And all of that is possible because we didn't spiritually bypass. <laughs> right, right. I just thought whole topic, like I'm just kind of making fun of it at this point because so many people who don't even have who probably haven't even done a day of shadow work in their lives are the ones that call people out for spiritual bypassing and don't even fully understand what it even is all about. So whatever. Um, I was kind of joking in that clarification, but it it took us both being able to be willing and have some humility. And I know that if you didn't care as much about the relationship as you do, then you wouldn't even have taken the time to bring it up. You know, it's because you have love for yourself and love for me and love for our sacred union that you pressed that stop button and said, you know what? And because you you knew that by holding that in, that w- that could potentially create a lot more discord and unhealthiness. Well, you know what I just thought of is the situations in the past that I ran into that in creative collaboration where I got what I perceived to be hurt or I, I did get hurt, whether I did it to myself in my own mind or I was right. victimized by someone who was unconscious or just being unkind to me or something like that, is that I spiritually bypassed before and didn't properly deal with it and didn't properly set a boundary with someone. And so it continued to happen in that dynamic. And so that's what got me into that trouble in the fucking first place is because I didn't just take a stand for myself and say, hey, I'm not cool with this. I don't like when A, B, and C happens. We got to find another way to do this. And I let things slide. Oh, just be Luke, chill out. Just be all love. Just be kind, like meditate more. And no, sometimes you do have to put your foot in someone's ass spiritually speaking, if shit needs to be addressed in a real way. And so it was all those years ago that I kind of let that slide and that became a pattern in one particular dynamic. Um, and that's what I ended up hurting myself with mm-hmm. because I I didn't stop and go through the stickiness and the discomfort of addressing it. To me, like in our situation last night, spiritual bypass would have been me just shutting my mouth again and going, this is going to be awkward. This is going to be uncomfortable. She might get mad at me. She might get hurt. So I'm just not going to say anything and I'm just going to button my lip and be a tough guy like I was brought up to be as a boy. Mm-hmm. Don't cry. Don't complain. Don't whine. Just man up and just deal. Don't be a, mm-hmm. don't be a wuss. <laughs> 
Yeah, thank you for not saying that. <laughs> I've been watching Cobra Kai, so the P word is rolling. rolling <laughs> oh my out God, he's obsessed with Cobra Kai, you guys. <laughs> oh, I was not supposed to share that piece. I don't care. I'm not I'm not. You ashamed. told me you're like, you said you're like, don't tell I told anyone. You don't tell anyone. I was probably kidding halfway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was a, you know, a kid, I guess, in the 80s when that came out. And um, yeah, so the vernacular of that show uh, rings true. Yeah. Reminds me, it feels like that special place called home. So yeah, I'm just uh, really grateful that we were able to do that work because I personally don't mind getting uncomfortable because I know when you do it in a high consciousness way, there's always alchemy, there's always hidden treasures, there's always miracles in it, always, always, always. So as sticky, gummy, awkward, ragey as it it feels um, for that short duration of time, if you just stick with it, keep biting through it, chewing through it, talking through it. There's a a big blast of of greatness um, that always comes. So and there's I'm also and there's also a, a conscious way to work through stuff like that that we're we're learning and navigating. And that for me, it's like I'm okay with that as long as I know you're not going to walk out the door. So even if you're having a moment and you're hurt or you're pissed, if I know you're still right or die, I can sit with that discomfort. It's like when someone's not really all in in a relationship, which I've been definitely guilty of in the past, then when things like that come up, they're much more threatening to the nervous system because you, I mean, you talk about fight or flight. You think that that affection, that love, that attachment is going to be withdrawn. But when, at least for me, when I know no matter what we go through, you're here. I know no matter what we go through, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I will not close my heart. I don't care how pissed off I am, how hurt I am. I'm 100%. It drives me nuts, but it's the thing I love the most about you. But when I'm in it, when I'm in that pouty victim phase and you're just like, get over here. Uh, My heart's open. Is your heart open? Because I won't close. I refuse. I will not close. I will not close my heart. so powerful. I did that my whole life. It's just, I won't do it. Yeah, it's too painful. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. But I'm only able to do that because I know your heart is so true and I know you're so in this and so committed to our relationship and so committed to yourself and to me. And Mm -hmm. that's why I feel safe to just do that. I've never done that in my life. I mean, I've never, I'll say never. I mean, I have opened my heart, but I've, I don't think ever had the ability to remain open even when things are wonky. Uh I'm always going to shut down and start protecting myself. I still, we're cool. Like I'm not going anywhere. But my heart's not open. I'm still like putting that clamshell down. You, you mean know? before? Before, yeah. And now I'm just, I'm just, I just refuse to do that because I know that, again, if if the stress chemicals are causing the discomfort, what what overrides them are are love chemicals. Love is the most powerful, even if it, even in its biochemical form, in its energetic form, in all forms, love always wins. And I'm always going to go back to that. And to me, that is, in this context, the opposite of bypass. That's actually going right through the fire and doing the scariest goddamn Mm -hmm. thing, which is keeping your heart open, even when a dagger might just fly into it inadvertently or with intent. Yeah. So to summarize um, the last, you know, bit, it's been a few pretty monumental scenarios and examples that came up for me this whole week and this one we just unpacked being one of those two or three where I realized, oh my gosh, I don't have to protect, safeguard, defend, 
myself in this way. I, I, I just started to see so crystal clearly how that victim mentality and and that struggle and this victim mentality and this struggle were all rooted and based in me unconsciously thinking I needed to defend, protect, or safeguard myself. So then these other mechanisms, behaviors, patterns got put into place. And so when I just kept unpacking it and looking at stuff and all of our 100 hours of meditation we did this week. And I was like, oh, it all comes down to that. So in one of the walking meditations, I remember just feeling so liberated and free because I came to that realization. And I and I just kept saying to myself in that walk, like, I don't have to protect myself from anything. I don't have to defend myself wow. from anything. Wow. That's so funny that you put it in that frame, you know, in the ceremony that I had in Austin toward the very end, I was kind of tuning into that little boy, Luke kind of inner child thing. And, and I've had this conversation with myself in that way before I was telling Aubrey in our podcast, we did, it just came to me as a great analogy. It's like Russian dolls, right? Every version of you is still in you as your adult 50 year old guy, 42 year old Allison, like your six month old little baby girl is still in your biology, mm-hmm. is still in your DNA, is still in your, in your bio field. And so I was, I was intuited at kind of coming out of that, that medicine. Um, and I was talking to that little boy and I said, you know, Luke, it's okay. Like I'm here now, you're safe. And then the voice, <laughs> the voice, capital T, capital V said, or no, I said, I'm going to protect you. I'll protect you now. And the voice said very clearly to all Luke's that are embodied here said, you don't need protection because you are safe. Mm. I was like, oh shit. Cause I had just been in complete oneness right. where there is no Luke to be worried about communism, girlfriend hurting my feel, you know, whatever. Like I'm your fiance. Yeah. Oh, thank you. See, um, I got to keep that ring really in my face. You take it off and she took it off for the night. I'm like, if it's not on, you go back to girlfriend like that. Um, but, but really, and this is one of my you know mentors used to tell me, he said, Luke, no harm can come to you. And I would, I would think you idiot. I can walk out of this building, get hit by a car right now. I could get murdered. I could get cancer. What do you mean? No harm can come to me. But what he was saying and what, you know, the word of God told me in that moment was that the you that you think you are that's being threatened actually yes. doesn't exist. Yes. What you really are is a single point of expression of the great reality of love, of God, of consciousness. And so there is no, what you just said is so beautiful and so true. There is no need to protect. The trick is in the hard wiring of the animal body that we're gifted with, it's wired to protect so that we can extend our life as long as possible to have the spiritual evolution that we chose to embrace as embodied beings. So it's like, yeah, the body's not safe. Never. It's not safe. It's dying right now in one sense, right? Mm -hmm. With the passage of linear time, but who and what we really are cannot be harmed and therefore does not need protection. Mm -hmm. You know, but our soul and our personality does need protection. I mean, I think I, I protect my heart wisely with prudence. I don't just make myself vulnerable to unconscious beings or, you know, put myself in harm's way, spend all my money, be irresponsible, be a dumbass. 
you know, I don't wreck my life, but in, in the greater scheme of things, we don't need to be protected. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, thank you for that reflection. Yeah. So for me, I had my heart open a lot more. I got into true embodiment of pure love. I really truly practiced and learned how to be in a state of non-reactivity. Uh, you know, so no matter what comes into my space, I can I can really hold and be anchored in that pure love, and and it can all be done very simply and 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 easily and and clearly. And I'm going to continue to work with the energy of divine money that revealed many times to me throughout the week, and I'm really excited about deepening that relationship and understanding so that I can pass on that wisdom and knowledge to whoever wants it. And I did decide that um, one of, if not my first solo cast for Ceremony Circle podcast, I will guide uh, a divine money shamanic journey or activation of some sort. So I'm like, oh, because I was trying to figure out, you know, that was coming in for me to do that. I was being instructed to this week. And then I thought, okay, how do I want to do that? Like, how do I want to deliver it? You know? And then I was just like, oh, perfect. I'll just record a guided session and put it out as one of the Ceremony Circle episodes. Bingo. It's funny that uh, an, a realization around money would come to you and then the mm. inspiration to deliver it is to people for free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a true act of abundance, right? Yeah. Because you, you, you decoded the master key of abundance, specifically within the realm of finance. And so in abundance, there's no need to hoard or to covet information like you discovered, which is so powerful, but to just share it because there's plenty of everything to go around. Yeah. I'm just going to put her out there. I love it. They can, whoever wants it can scoop it up. I want it. I'm going to take that journey. <laughs> All right. But yeah, thank I don't like, you. I, I got to find a way to fly private. I can't do this mask shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, that's already done. That was, that's already in the quantum field and, and our bodies good. are being drawn to it. Good. Um, but I want to thank you for, uh, you know, saying to me, Hey, I really think we should go, go to Dispenza. He's he's coming to Marco Island where my dad and May live. Like, thank you for just feeling that hit to uh, initiate us in coming. And that morning when tickets went on sale because you had experience, you were just like, you guys, you had your dad and I like set up with our laptops and everything ready to go. So we just hit refresh, 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 refresh <laughs> to try to get the tickets. And, and it worked. We all got our tickets and we all came and it was so beautiful for the three of us to do it together. So thank you. So special. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I know you, you listen to the meditations with me sometimes and on your own, but I know you weren't like as diehard as I was. And so... I just didn't know him yet. Now I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thank you for for trusting me when I just said, dude, trust me. Like this is going to be badass. It's going to be really great for our relationship and our lives. And thanks for having faith in me and uh, just always being down to uh, walk the path. It's such an incredible experience to have a partner who's just really interested in their evolution individually and and collectively. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's amazing. I know. And I guess if anyone's still with us, you know, 17 <laughs> hours into this <laughs> this podcast, uh, they, they are the same. So if you're still listening at this point, you know, congratulations for incarnating at a time and place um, when your soul was really ready to go for it. And that's not because you're listening to us. It just means we have shared interest in like, how far can we go while we're here this time around? 
you know, how, how, how close can we get while still in duality to that unity back to God, back to source, back to love. Just total devotion and passion I have for it. It's just that infinite exploration of my highest potential of evolution of just learning and seeing and feeling and chewing through it and smelling it all and tasting it all and just just really experiencing it all. I reflect so often and I give myself such credit. I'm like, wow, Allison, you are doing a great job at living this life. Yeah. Like I'm fully all, I'm doing it. And um, I want to thank Dr. Joe too. If you're listening, thank you so much. My heart is erupting for you right now. I just have so much respect for you, so much joy in my heart for you. I just love you so much. You just feel like such a kindred family member and your passion for what you do is just electrifying and so felt. And I was blown away the entire week by the space you're able to hold and the conviction and inspiration and and just pure love and joy that you do it from. It is so felt. And I could tell that you gave 110% of yourself 110% of the time. And I just can never thank you enough. Love you so much. Amen, sister. What a what a incredible human being. I was watching him as he you know, gave us an air kiss uh, on the Blue Essex kiss on his way out. And I just thought, wow, I wonder what, what his experience is like when he walks down the stairs and just impacted that many lives in such a profound way. I mean, what a rich experience he must have, you know, and it's inspiring to see that, that modeled for, for us, you know, and we're, we're, I guess, doing that in our own way, however big or small that might be, but making that ripple. For sure. And he's making such a, such a profound ripple. So yeah, I'm, I'm truly blessed as well. One thing I want to add before we call it, mm-hmm. it is there was no Q and A with him. And one thing I forgot to ask him, I think when I interviewed him, uh, and I'm hoping to do that again soon. So Joe, if you're listening, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Let's do this. <laughs> when you're in between events. Uh, but I always wondered if he takes any supplements or if he's into mm. the body, you know, because I was thinking during this, I was like, God, maybe I don't even need to do all this biohacking stuff because that's affecting matter with matter. You know, I'm doing all the things. Everyone knows that here, here's the show. I mean, I'm, I'm out of hand with this stuff and it's just my hobby. It's my passion. And I also just like to feel as good as possible all the time. So I wanted to ask him like, dude, do you take supplements or vitamins? Or do you do any biohacking stuff? You doing red light therapy, ice baths, mm-hmm. you know, hyperbaric, all the saunas, all the things. Or are you just um, going into the quantum? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's matter to matter. And what right. he's, you know, obviously we've been talking about, he's going into the field and affecting matter. Um, so I wanted to ask him that. And at the very, very end today, not even in a cheesy salesy way at all, but he's like, oh, hey, and by the way, guys, uh, you know, I've been working on some supplements uh, to support the work that I do for the pineal gland and yada, yada. So I realized there's raw materials, there's amino acids and minerals and some vitamins and things like that, that give your body the raw materials to build the compounds that we're working with, et cetera, to support the work. And 
And uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, I take care of my body. I want to be as balanced as I can, mental, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically. I work out. I take care of myself. So I was like, okay, I don't have to quit biohacking to do this kind of work because I'm I'm still into it. But it, it did give me some insights into you know really what it's about is changing your chemistry through your intention and through your emotions and your devotion. Uh, but it was interesting to hear him, you know, say. Yeah, I developed some stuff, especially for the pineal gland and the work that I'm doing. So I'm going to definitely be checking that out. Might just throw a couple of them on the old lukestory.com slash store site and uh, see how that goes. But anyway, that was a that was a relief for me because all week I was like, man, maybe I need to give all this stuff up and just go straight to God and not be so... I remember, you know, I think it was day two when he was saying something, you leaned over and and, and you said something like, he just totally pewed biohacking or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because he, he was talking about that the principle of, you know, working hard to like change matter with matter. And that's a slow waveform. You're working with dense energy. You know, if we're talking about removing a tumor or, uh, you know, rheumatoid arthritis or something like this, and you're working with matter to matter, drug, surgery, Etc. Um, it's much slower than going into that field and reprogramming um, the morphogenic field, essentially. You know, so that's why I was like, "Huh, maybe there's a shorter, faster, right. definitely cheaper way to do <laughs> what I want to do." So I don't think it's an either or; it's a little bit of both. But uh, looking forward to checking out his his uh, vitamin stash. Yeah. Anyway, all right. That's the end of the retreat. I think we pretty much covered it. I doubt I will come back and do a summary. I think that was the summary. Uh, God bless everyone still listening to this. Some of you might have had to take it in a few parts. Uh, I'm hoping tomorrow that I can do a, like a little bonus round with Matt Maruka and we'll probably make it like a separate uh, file or something. We'll see how that goes. So be on the lookout for that or not. But he's such a little genius and I want to get his breakdown on the pineal gland to serotonin to melatonin to DMT like he really nailed the whole thing with blue light and the whole shit it was just he's epic and I think he can explain it in a way that's very relatable so hopefully that'll be tagged on this somehow but thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll be back real soon well if you arrived at the end of this episode I want to congratulate you on your commitment to your own growth and path in metaphysics. Uh, I know this was a long one. And for each excerpt that Allison and I sat down to record, I swear to God, I thought each one would be 10 minutes and it'd be an hour long episode, you know, six, seven days, whatever it was. Uh, but it is what it is. You know, we just kept going and there was so much to share. I mean, we each experienced so many different waves and ups and downs. And there was, you know, the buying the home and the closing inspection week in the middle of the retreat. And I had just gotten back from Austin where I had this, you know, paradigm. I mean, you can't even, there's no way to quantify it, but I had an extremely powerful experience with the Bufo Toad with Aubrey Marcus, as was covered in a recent episode. So this week was just like a whirlwind. And I'm so grateful that you found it in your heart's desire to uh, join us for this conversation and this breakdown and exploration of all things Joe Dispenza. And of course, I highly encourage you to grab some of his meditations on his site. I have no affiliation there. It's just I buy them all the time. I listen to them now every day. I did an hour and a half pineal meditation this morning. It was profound. It was epic. Like they just keep getting better and better. And doing the retreat really helped to gain an understanding of what we're doing. For me, I always, you know, I want to know what we're doing and that helps me arrive at the why. And that's how I find the self-discipline to sit down and do it. Like who really thinks they have an hour and a half every morning to do that? Like I don't have that time. 
Well, I do if I put my phone down and stop like geeking out addictively on tech and distractions and procrastination. I've actually have been able to find the time and it's been um, life changing and just incredible. So again, thank you so much for joining myself and Allison. If you'd like to learn more about Allison, you can find her at allisoncharles.com. That's spelled with a Y-A-L-Y, allisoncharles.com. You can also follow her on Instagram where you can um, (laughs) follow a lot of our couple hijinks there as well as her personal brand and uh, shamanic teachings. Her Instagram is I am Allison Charles. Again, Allison with a Y. Love to support uh, the fiance there. And uh, we're going to be doing some things together in 2021. I don't want to spoil it or um, frame it in a way before it's really matured as an idea. But uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at higher power couple. Get it? Higher power couple. Yeah. Pretty cute. I know. And there's nothing really fleshed out there as of yet, but um, due to these deep meditations and all of the vision work that we're doing collectively and individually, I think we're going to have some really great offerings uh, coming up for you soon in terms of conscious relating. So that's what this episode was about and what you can look forward to. Speaking of looking forward This Tuesday, we've got episode 329, Conscious Entrepreneur, A Gamified Life, Where Everyone Wins with my friend Drew Canoli, recorded on location in Sedona, Arizona. I'd also like to invite you to get your butt into my EMF Home Safety Masterclass. You can find that at lukestory.com slash EMF Masterclass. It's an extremely comprehensive, simple, easy to follow guide on how to learn all about the EMF in your home and life and how to fix it. That's lukestory.com slash EMF masterclass. It's over five and a half hours of video content. And that class only costs $149. I know, it's crazy. It should be a lot more, but I don't want to charge more for the course because one thing you're going to learn in the course is depending on how gnarly the EMF is in your home and life, it's going to cost a few bucks to fix it. But I teach you how to do it incrementally in a very sane way in the course. So again, that's lukestory.com slash EMF Masterclass. You can sign up right there. It's pretty awesome. Our official sponsors of this episode are as follows. And and don't stop this recording. You guys want to hear this. And by the way, you can always find our sponsors A, at lukestory.com slash store. That's where I put everything that I use in my life. And you can also just click on the show notes if you don't want to remember like all these links and codes. I know it's a lot as a as a huge podcast listener myself someone will mention something. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I'm like, ah, I can't. What am I going to do? Take a screenshot, email it to myself, get home, open my email, put that in the browser, pain in the ass. But I have to read them because that's part of the deal with the brands. But just know you can find them in the show notes and also at my online store. So that said, the first one is, drum roll please, athleticgreens.com slash lukestory. Go to that link and you're going to get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash lifestylist. If you're like me and you don't really care for eating salads, you can just <laughs> take a dose of Athletic Greens and probably get five salads in one drink. Next, some red light therapy from our friends at juve.com slash Luke. The code there is Luke and that will get you. They don't do discounts here at Juve. That's not really their, their vibe. But right now, at the time of this recording, if you use the code Luke at juve.com slash Luke, you're going to get an exclusive discount on Juve's Generation 3.0 devices, their new stuff. All right. And, um, oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. It's funny. This morning, I got up to do my sun gazing. I get up now. I've been doing this for, I don't know, ever since I was in 
I guess it was since I was in uh, Austin. It's been a month or something. I get up every morning and I do my breath work as I sun gaze grounded. It's just my thing. Then I go home, take a shower, meditate. Anyway, you don't care. What is funny though, is this morning I woke up 6.45 a.m. ready to drive up the hill in the Hollywood Hills where I have to go to see the sunset on the horizon because I live in a valley or a canyon. I run outside half asleep with my car keys and I'm like, who stole my car? And I forgot I'd taken my car to the mechanic yesterday to get serviced in preparation for our drive to Austin in a few weeks. So uh, I did not make it up to the top of the hill uh, to sun gaze. So what I did is I went in the backyard into my Zen den and I did a juve red light therapy, which is essentially the same thing as the sunrise. It's a high powered red light device. And so I got my red light in thanks to juve this morning. There you go. I really do this stuff, you guys. Uh, last but not least, we've got buyoptimizers.com slash Luke, and you can find uh, yourself a 10% discount at buyoptimizers.com slash Luke by using the code Luke10. All right, I am out. I'm going to be back with you on Tuesday. I can't wait to deliver another great episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening. And if you still hear my voice right now, you are officially a super fan. And for that, I love and honor you. And uh, you have my word to keep these things coming with the consistency and the quality that you've come to know and love. All right, peace. Peace.